Hi, Nicole. Hi, Kayla. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm great. What are we doing today? Um, literally no clue. <laughs> um, you lie. <laughs> we, we lie. We have the coolest, one of the coolest fucking people that I've ever met on today. Um, we have a fucking published writer yeah. on today. Um, and you're wearing your book sweatshirt. Oh my god, I'm wearing my book sweatshirt. Um, <gasps> yes. Well, you know, Erica Erica knows retro is that this is just our winter attire. Um, yeah, that's true. So Jennifer Stockton is here. She is a pure freaking joy. Um, and I, I've had to stop, like, we, Jennifer, you and I talk so much and, like, we have such a good rapport with each other. I've had to stop you from talking because I'm like, we need to do this for the podcast. <laughs> so, so introduce yourself. Let uh, the listeners know who the fuck you are. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, right? Um, mm-hmm. Nicole gave me a great little intro. Definitely have to call me Jen. Because yeah, Jennifer which, is my professional which name. Which I do I call you Jen. So, but yes, yeah. I definitely go by Jen. Um, I just little brief tidbits about me, I guess. So I'm married. Mm -hmm. I always like to lead with that, you know, um, (laughs) for all the stalkers, right? Hotties sniffing around. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's a struggle. It really is. Um, I I feel like you could easily have like a young playboy. (laughs) Did you ask me about topics? I didn't want to talk about. (laughs) Maybe we'll visit that later. Uh, right, right. So I'm, so I'm a wife. I'm a mom. Uh-huh. I have three adult boys, um, and I survived that. Who all live at home? Yes, far. I'm a dog mom. We've got three dogs. Uh-huh. Um, we live in Hobart, but we're in the middle of moving to our new house. We just bought in Maryville. So, so nice. Like March sixth is my target. Thank you very much. So it's been exciting. a long time coming. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've owned a house. So yeah. we're super excited. Yeah. Um, Could you? <clears throat> Moved. You want me to give you the brief trajectory of where I've been? Yeah, yeah. Because so, you have actually, you have like, you have lived house. a very interesting life. Well, thank you. Sometimes in, it feels like that. Sometimes in I a good know. way. Um, yeah. So I actually was born and raised in Illinois. I okay. lived in Calumet City. That mm. was oh very, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So just on that south end of Chicago there. Yeah. And I um, lived out there until I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And then my family moved to Crown Point. Okay. Which was super traumatizing. <laughs> oh my god. I write a lot about that. That's actually I'll, yeah. when we talk about writing stuff, that's actually one of the reasons I started be, uh, you know, writing a lot. Really? Was that. Yeah, working that out. Um, so then I lived in Crown Point. I started. I went my junior and senior year. I went to Crown Point High School. That's where I graduated from. Um, <clears throat> and then I've stayed in this area my whole life. Yeah. But I've kind of bounced around a little bit. I lived in Cedar Lake for a while. Um, back and forth. That's actually where my husband and I moved to Hobart four years ago. Mm-hmm. But we'd been in Cedar Lake for like six years prior Cedar to that, Tucky. right? But we were on the Crown Point side, so the kids, you know, they were all in, <laughs> still in school, and we were tethered to the Crown Point Community School Corporation. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, we've bounced around a little bit. He's yeah. been, he's lived more places in the world. I've lived in more houses. This house we're about oh, wow. to move into, I actually, like, counted the other day. And this is going to be my 25th residence. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Holy, holy shit. shit. Yeah, yeah. And You're I like the moving. region queen. You think I would love moving. I Right. Like right? the region. I've been around. Like the region. I've just, been around. Wow. Yes. 
house. So. Just a house house. Just house Just a house house. Totally just You've been houses. married for a long time. <laughs> uh, we've been married in June. It will be our 24th anniversary. Aww, the pictures, I love the old <laughs> pictures that you post. Oh. Like, you are just the 80s queen. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not I accept joking. that. I, I would go back and live in the 80s. So her forever. and her husband have a few of those pictures of like... Pictures that people go into JC Petty to mm-hmm. recreate yes. now. hundred percent. Yes. What were you guys wearing? Jeans and black button ups. Oh, that was so. That was when I had my senior pictures done. That was senior pictures. Yes, and we had black shirts and like gray, like gray okay. washed oh, yeah. jeans. Okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it so, and so it was like a mirror background. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so I, he went with me to have my senior pictures done because he, we started dating. Um, in April, it will be 34 years oh since we met. Oh my God. And it took 10 years and two and a half kids to get married, well, but we did well, it. That's and right. Yeah, yeah. So he survived um, that too. Yeah. Right, right. He had to prove himself. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. No, we um, did. <laughs> right, right. So um, we um, started dating in April of 1989. He was, he's a year ahead of me in school. He's two years older than me, but he was, he went to Hanover. Mm-hmm. And so he was just about to graduate from high school and he enlisted in the Air Force before I met him. So he left for the Air Force in the middle of August that year. Mm-hmm. So I was having my senior pictures done mm-hmm. a few weeks before he was leaving. So he came with me and. Do you mind when in. we do our um, little like Instagram post? Of- oh, you can hijack those pictures. Could I hijack uh, some of those pictures? Yes. Because yes. they are. Iconic. <laughs> I, I'm my favorite yes. is our first picture that was ever taken of us. My little brother, who, when I say little brother, he was in third grade Aww. when Bob and I met. He took this photo of us, and it's at my house, and we are on the couch, and I have a Hard Rock Cafe oh, sweatshirt yes. on, and he's got a Gold's Gym tank top on, Freaking because oh iconic. They're, they weren't like retro, you know, no, they flashback were just, items. No, that was the, they were, know, that, that yeah. was just your life. And we were looking at my brother like, what the fuck? Get <laughs> out of here. And, so and now, how many years later, it is the coolest, like, you guys just have great memories on film a hundred percent we don't have a ton of them but we have yes definitely but, but the ones solid, that you yeah. have are yeah. like i live for these pictures mm-hmm. like i wish like, like that's the aesthetic yes yeah yes like i like those are the pictures that like people are taking like random cell like you know like right. random like candid pics now mm-hmm. there's a filter for to that. have right. for yeah. like 30 years you know what i mean like you guys did that absolutely and so i love and that not so even much. trying to do that yes oh right yeah, yeah. it was just the 80s yeah it was I just mean, the fucking 80s absolutely there's yeah. a great one that's a little fuzzy but it was in front of the museum of science and industry and that was summer of 89 and i laughed when i posted <laughs> it and i said you know it was a gap ad because <laughs> we look like we look like a gap ad because oh, we're in like God. my sister called um those our Canadian tuxedos because <laughs> we had denim jackets, jeans. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I will you I will definitely hijack a couple of those because I think it's a it's a really great like representation of you and your family and stuff like that. So yeah. let's let's get a little background on your education, your writing, um how have you like started from all of it to who you are now in terms of your writing career and passion? All right. So um, I loved to write when I was young. And I wrote stories a lot just because I liked to do that. Yeah. I was an avid reader when I was mm-hmm. a kid. When 
the normal kids were off riding their bikes, I was in my tent in the backyard reading a book or under a tree reading a book. Yeah, that was me. Not, not, not outside. Reading a book. I yeah. outside. <laughs> well, I would go outside because we lived um, in our house that we lived in when I was... It, we lived in that probably the longest from first grade until my freshman year of high school. We mm-hmm. lived in... Um, what my parents could afford and yeah. that was a two-bedroom ranch that was probably 900 square feet yeah. and so there were three of us siblings yeah I'm the oldest and then I've got a sister that's five years younger than me and a brother that's eight years younger than me and um, my parents bought that house when they had two girls they were like cool two bedrooms Done, right us the kids great yeah. and then my brother had to go fuck things up so <laughs> Um, Brothers always fuck things. Right, up, right. No, he's, he's great. He's. I have very interesting like siblings, and you know, but I don't want to talk about them. So, <laughs> we're not here for that. Right. Okay. Right. So, um, <laughs> I, <clears throat> I think I went outside to escape from people, mm-hmm. probably, yeah. and to be able to read without you know destroy right. you know whatever. So I was an avid reader, and that turned into a you know love of writing. Um, I liked to write things on paper with pen and doodle and you know all those mm-hmm. things and because I do draw too and really? I draw and I paint mm-hmm. okay and so but I was like I was in I don't know, I'm not going to toot my horn here but I was in the gifted program in school and so what? you know what this is the place to toot to right. bitch <laughs> so, <laughs> right so and I mean at that point and you know we were talking late 70s right and I was in that program through 8th grade that um we were the kids we had just gotten computers i'm talking like Mm -hmm. the very first apple computers our school got some and we were the only kids that were (laughs) able to use them yeah we were like the test dummies for it so then i i you know got used to keyboards and i couldn't really type that well but i mean i was you know i got really comfortable with computers um which helped me later in life because i took a typing class in high school and i typed 90 words a minute which was really helpful because my brain goes about 92. (laughs) So it's really helpful to yeah. be able to type quickly as fast as you think. If yeah, you, yeah. So yeah. it helps me to get everything quote done. Reporter. I actually thought about that. Yeah, but I like that's, not that's the, all shorthand <clears throat> too. Short My hand, sister yeah. is an attorney, so I have like this disdain for <laughs> for an illegal. Wait, your sister's an attorney? She is. Yeah, locally? No, she lives in Southern California. Damn it! Yeah, her, well, her firm is in Chicago, but oh, yeah, wow, she's, so your sister's it's an international rich. firm. <clears throat> so. We're going to have her on next. <laughs> she loves to talk about herself. <laughs> she if she could sponsor us, that'd be so much fun. Yeah, right? Oh, to have a law firm <laughs> sponsor us. Yes. Uh, Big we, McKenzie, all the way. Oh, yeah, my a shout out. <clears throat> yeah, for all she, your needs, for all your legal needs. <laughs> she was a tax attorney for a long, long time, like yeah. corporate tax attorney. Yeah. And now she actually heads their pro bono division. So she does a lot of work. Really? Because wow. she's just outside San Diego. She does a lot of work with immigrants yeah. coming in. She goes down to the border and helps them try to yeah. do everything legally and yeah. she also yeah. does a ton of work with the LGBTQ plus community I was there. Gonna say, and she, San Diego she San heads Francisco. the pro bono stuff with that Good for I her. think that she that's yeah so um yeah she's cool my brother was on a record label like but again damn well, what? Another who story. are you I right I am the black sheep right I am the least interesting sibling but that, that, that's saying a lot that's saying <laughs> I mean that that yeah like who's who are these people? Right, I know. Who have you brought in? Who like? Who have you brought into our lives? Right, oh. Kayla. I've told you I know some cool ass motherfuckers. Okay? I don't understand how. Look at, look at who I am. Oh, Jen, we do have a question for you. She attracts cool people. I do, Jen. We have a question for you. She I stalks cool people. I have stalked cool people. I I don't know if you've listened to very recent episodes. Um, 
you could totally decline this or this not. This could be your non-disclosure topic. This could be your non-disclosure topic. We've okay. been doing a thing because Kayla and I have had conversations about nobody being... And this might be actually an interesting aspect for you as a writer because, like, you probably think of things a lot more differently than certain people do. Okay. Um, <laughs> what percentage of lesbian are you? Oh, that's a hot topic. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Today? So I would I would have to say... Like, at, at this moment, like, because it changes constantly. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm on my period today, so I'm like, I'm like, I'm like... 97% straight today. <laughs> I was un- unaware that that affected those feelings. Oh, that's 100%, interesting. 100%. It's the, it's the hormones, sir. It's, it's, yeah. it's the hormones. It's the I'm hormones going through search. all my own vagina stuff. I have want nothing to do with any other vagina today. Gotcha. Except so, for 3%. So I'm going to answer your question in like a circle. Oh, because oh God, I love this. I'm so here for it. I'm so glad we asked this. <laughs> and then we're going to see like if my children ever come across this podcast because they would, you know. So we're going to answer this in a circle. Okay. My husband and I were um, separated for four and a half years. Oh, really? So from the end of 2007 and then mid-2012. Okay. We were separated. And... Oh, that was a hard time in... It was in general. We didn't have jobs for a while. Yeah. It It was pretty shitty in general. And so... And there were a lot of things that were going on and it was just necessary mm-hmm. and we remained very um I mean we co-parented mm-hmm. well and we he anything me and the boys needed yeah it was it was you fine still but did what you had to we do. had to be apart for a while so yeah. we eventually patched things up and mm-hmm. got back right but um one of the ways we did that is we got kind of creative about our intimate life yeah and what that looked like yeah and openness and yeah. things like that so that's what we've done the last 10 plus years is okay. that just worked for us it was yeah. a, we've been apart for this long we've been maybe seeing people maybe you know okay. and and this is this was one of the things if we're going to get back together like we need to work on yeah. like that yeah. but i will say it's a very real <clears throat> yeah real conversation yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but i mean i definitely am like super open about yeah. sexuality and yeah you know i mean i sold dildos for four years yeah, so God, i want to oh we have so know. many so, to get into. so i really but yeah i'm i'm absolutely i don't know that i'd throw a percentage on it mine maybe fluctuates too yeah no mine fluctuates 100 percent. i've I'm, i just turned 50 in october and i've lived a super full life so far and i've 100%. done a lot of things and and know. i think that that's very well kayla what what percentage are you today oh i'm not even a human today okay <laughs> love that don't She's perceive me. I had this conversation with TJ the other day, my boyfriend, and I was like, TJ, do you ever just get in those moods where like, you don't want to be perceived as like, like you just, he was like, like you just want to be ignored all day. I was like, no, 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 definitely don't ignore me in this moment. Um, <laughs> I need attention, absolutely, but just like, don't perceive me. Like, I just, like, I'm here, but like, I just, I'm not a human. Like, I yeah. just don't want to be, like, you don't need anything from me. You don't want yeah. anything from me. But, like, oh, yeah. be here. I have no you know direct I mean? spot in this world currently at Absolutely. this point. Like, I'm just a yeah. floating entity on a rock yeah. right now. That's it. Yeah. Baseline. That's how I am. That's, yeah. That is very insightful. And you know what? It's a weird world. Yeah. And, like, yes. you guys, I'm assuming, are you about Nicole's age? Um, I am I'll be 31 this year. Okay, yeah. She'll be... Right. 29. I'll be 29 in a year. Could be yeah. your mother. 
just throwing that out there. <laughs> so um, I'm just, I'm just, you know, cool I'm just, mom. yeah, you want, I'm just putting it out there. You know? I don't have any girls. Adoption? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because awesome. we both Cause have very strong relationships, yeah. parent-wise. I can appreciate that. Yeah, hundred and fifty-five. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very difficult. That. So yeah. that's another topic of you know my writing and where that comes from. So, but you, but yeah. what I appreciate about the way that you were open about that, and it is a very funny question that we ask people, but there is a real tangible, tangible absolutely. reason behind it. And I love the way that you had said that because you and your husband have been together since you know been together mm-hmm. since the eighties. Yeah, and. I have had this thought process in this conversation with even my husband a lot is that if we are doing this long term, we are either going to put the work in to grow together or we're going to grow apart. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Yes. Because people change. Marriage is work. Marriage is the hardest government contract I've ever been in. Especially (laughs) if you start young and as you get older because you You turn into You were a teenager. You were a teenager. You had no clue you were when you and him first met. Right. 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 And, And then we became parents. Yeah. And, and I mean, all those things change you so much. And then the world changes. And it's, and, yes. Yeah. And the divorce rate is high and I totally get it. I get that some people just are like, this is my best option. Yeah. But I will say, I mean, we've been through so much and we never even filed for legal separation Yeah, because I still held on to, this is who I married. This is who yeah. I fell in love with as a child. And yeah. we're gonna and we're gonna. I mean, yeah. I've told them before. I'm like, you're not fucking getting rid of me. Like, stop trying. <laughs> I'm, I'm on here. Your I, you don't. Yeah. You. I'm here. Yeah. Done. You know. So <laughs> exactly what I tell TJ. Yeah. And yeah. But you, it's a lot of work. God. People. Yeah. They, Evan. Evan is not going. I. I might try to push him away, but he's. Yeah. He's. He's. He's not going That's anywhere. Good. But it's. It is a lot of work, and I don't think many people understand that yeah. part of it until. They get into that five to seven year part, yeah. and then they're like, "Well, shit, yeah. oh, you're yeah. still here." Like, <laughs> yeah, no, really, dang really. It. So it, it is. It's a it's a lot of work, and there are definitely things that you have to grow and you have to talk about things. Yeah, yeah. Everything has to be an open subject, and there are a lot of things that we did, other than you know what we did with our personal life and yeah. and what would that looks like, and um, I mean we did things like for a long, long time, we didn't have a joint bank account. Mm -hmm. I had mine, he had his, he would get paid, he sent me money, I pay the bills, I'm the accountant in the house, I'm transparent with him about stuff, but that just is how it had to be, because when we were young and then we got married and I was like, I can't wait to add you out of my checking account, and that in itself I was like, because I paid the bills, well he had a debit card for that account and he doesn't know what bills I'm paying, you know what I mean? It was just there were a lot of things that we had to work out. Yeah. And that was one of the things I used to run a teen mom mentoring program really? for okay. Purdue. And that was one of the things that I was constantly drilling into these girls' Ugh. heads. It's like, keep your finances separate. separate yeah. Talk about things, but you have to keep that separate. That has been a big thing. Evan and I, man, Evan and I probably fought about our biggest blowout fights the first I would say year and a half of marriage was about money yes. um, granted we he he has a separate account I don't even it's not like 
in a bad way. We have a joint account and he has one separate, which has actually turned out to be a very good thing. Yeah. Um, but it was, it, it. I mean, granted, we could not go back now to having separate accounts. It's been too long. But that is such an important conversation to have. Right. And if I would have been more realistic... I probably would have fought harder for us to keep separate. Mm. And see, here's the thing, though. You can still do that. You can open an account. He can open an account. And then you have your joint account. Yes. Right? And then you use that for bills. Yeah. And what it does Well, he is, has a business now. We have the podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it, yeah, it... But it creates a little more autonomy. It gives you that. I mean, first of all, it makes you have that conversation about, okay, yeah. what's going in right. here? I mean, I, I actually just recently opened a joint account for us because we bought the house. We guys are doing the house. And I'm like, yeah, I want everything to come off this, out of this account that's got our names. But, I mean, we've been functioning perfectly yeah. fine. Thank you, Chase Bank, because yeah. everybody in my house has their own Chase account, and we yeah. just sell money back and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that really has been a a thing that we really solidly had to work at. Yeah. But we came to, you know, yeah. not everything works for everybody. Right. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what we've, you know, put into that. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of work mm-hmm. and it's a lot of discussions and because you each come into a marriage with preconceived He notions. was raised one way, you were raised the other way, right. yeah. another way. And then yeah. you, so you come in and you're like, well, that's not how oh I God. think we should do it. Yeah. And you have to work together yeah. and find, find a compromise yeah. in the way that you're going to do it. And don't try and do everything like you know or like he knows. Yeah. You have to find what works for you. Right. So, so how has 30 plus years of being with somebody affected your writing affected your creative side um being a wife being a mother going through a separation mm-hmm. um getting older how how has that if, if you take a look at your writing 10 years ago because it's all from a personal place right you know what i right. mean cre- cre- creativity comes from a very personal absolute place so how has that affected so like I said, I liked oh, to write yeah. when I was young. Yeah. I um, actually was the, we had a school paper at my junior high, and I was the editor of the school paper when I was in eighth grade. God, you're so cute. But I never, it never dawned on me that writing was a viable career yeah. choice. Right. I just didn't, no one told me that. No, I, I, there was a TikTok going around for a while of, you know, we were told, well, you can be anything you want. You could do anything you want. They didn't tell us what those options yes. truly were. You know, yes. we we yeah. were told you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, you can you know right. do this, this, and this. But you could be a homemaker. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but just those um, non-traditional job yeah. options—they were always there. They right. were always available, but they right. were never right. Especially yeah. in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. So. So I didn't really, that was never on my radar, but I was always a good writer. I I loved my English classes. My English classes and my art classes were my favorites. Um, Like I said, I took typing in high school um, because I needed classes because I came from Illinois to Indiana and I'd already fulfilled a lot of the graduation requirements. Mm. So by the time I got to Crown Point, they were like, well, you can just take a bunch of electives. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll take foods and typing. Like, you know, Um, and my typing skills helped me to do that but it was you know kind of like a just a a skill I had it wasn't something I ever thought I would do as a thing so um I got out of high school I moved out of the house 
I worked two jobs. I, that's when I got into healthcare. I started at the hospital in Dyer when I was 18. Really? Yeah, I was a radiology clerk, and then I um, was cross-trained, and I became a transcriptionist and all that. Did everybody think you were a child? I was a child. <laughs> well, yes. real child labor, because you're just so tiny. <laughs> You're isn't she so little? Look yes, how little that has worked are. in my favor. It really has. Look at how fat, little her feet are. Yeah, they're six. So <laughs> they grew a whole size. Yeah, but like you can buy cheap shoes. I can buy kids' shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The girls' sizes like six is like, and it's great because they're wider because I have fat feet. So um, what a life. can't relate. Size ten. Yeah. Oh gosh. Size nine. Oh, what a life, life to live. <laughs> so. So I really just, you know, writing was just a thing in the background that I liked to do. And mm -hmm. I, but I, you know, I kind of, as I got into life, I, um, you know, I started working and I worked my butt off just so that I could have my own apartment. Yeah, I had yeah. a roommate, um, which is my stalker story. I stalked her into being my friend. <laughs> um, so, but then Yay. I started, you know, I worked these two jobs and then I got pregnant. And yeah. at 20, I had a baby and that was like okay well that's what i do now i work and i raise a baby yeah. and so my young. anything i would have wanted to do just kind of paused yeah, because i sure. wasn't and i'm no judgment on anybody on how they choose to run their life yeah. i mean if you're a drug addict and you expose your kids to that then i have nothing good to say about you but i mean in general how you go through life and right. raise your kids but i just i was like i was 3 weeks it was three weeks before I turned 21 when I had him. Mm. And my husband is his father, but we separated. Right. That we, didn't, we weren't married yet, and we stayed yeah. apart for four years. Um, so I was a single mom, yeah. raising a baby and working, and kept my own place. And I mean, I'm, but that you could do that in the early 90s. I made like 10 bucks an hour, and I yeah. had an apartment and a car and yeah. a Nipsco bill, and I had no money, but I mean, everything got right. paid. And, um, but that was my life because I just, at that point, I said, well, I guess I'm a mom now. Like, yeah, like yeah. I'm not going to, you know, and I went in full mom fucking mode, too. I was like, mom <laughs> haircut, <laughs> mom clothes. And I was a cool teenager. Like, this is it. Like, this is I, what I'm looking for. I was at the dance clubs. Like, I, we went to raves when I was a teenager. Oh, I was man. I lived in a cool time Dude, as I a teenager. Wish. I fucking wish. Let's go I back. Said, I mean, I, I did some fun shit. I did some dumb shit. But Whoa, I did some fun shit. Of course. And, but the dance clubs were where it was at. I mean, I was... Oh, I, I was, I was a teen in the, like, the late 80s, yes. 90s. It was the like, best time. Uh, it was the best time. But I fucking wish. So I didn't, like, when I had him, I was like, I the had fuck? friends because I worked in the radiology department. Mm -hmm. All the women that worked there, I was the youngest one. I was yeah. the baby of the department. Well, almost all of them had kids. Yeah. Well, they were just like enveloping me right so i was like well that's what moms look like yeah and so i i mean and they were great gosh they would give me clothes for him from their kids yeah. and they threw this phenomenal baby shower for me outside of my own baby shower at work and they like i mean the, it just it was great it was really really helpful to have yeah. all those role yeah. models around me but then i was kind of like well that's what i'm gonna do yeah right. i'm gonna work and i was lucky enough that my parents my mom worked from home, and my brother and sister were still at home, yeah. so they just kept Tyler while I worked, yeah. and that's just what I did. Yeah. And then eventually, um, <clears throat> my husband and I 
kind of started dating each other again. Yeah. Tyler was about four. Yeah. And um, then Nick happened. And then, <laughs> so, and then so, the middle child And happened. so, yeah. And so then we were like, okay, this is dumb. We're going to get married. And, you know. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. And so then we got married. And But when we got married, I was pregnant with baby three. Because oh. they're 11 months apart, those yeah. two. And girl, you never quit. Well, let me, just, <laughs> let me tell you. So we had Nick in December of 98. And... My husband was like, okay, two, we're done. And I'm like, okay, but this baby is not come out yet. He wanted to go have a vasectomy. And I was like, okay, when the baby's born. Like, cool. Yeah. Right? Fine. Yeah. You're like, we're, we're safe for this moment. Yes. Cool. So, next born. And we had decided I would stay home. Yeah. And I was like, hallelujah. Right? He had he was in an, um, doing an apprenticeship at a good company. He's a millwright and a mechanic okay. and he's he can fix the, if it sucks or blows or rotates. My husband is like the specialist that <laughs> fixes it. So, yes. Um what me a, in a different way. What but a great yes. detail of a man. It's hard, it, that's my way of like explaining what he does because yeah. it's so over my head that, yeah. you know, he's a mechanic, but um so we had decided that and okay, cool. Good game plan. High five. Mm-hmm. We're going to get married in in the spring baby comes he's fine so then we I got from the hospital he went back to work we're like okay cool high five he got laid off for 11 weeks oh, fuck which that. on the on one hand i had just had a baby and we had a five-year-old right. so it was good to have a second pair of hands yeah, there absolutely. And, and he wasn't around for the yeah. first one so i was like oh listen you are <laughs> you about to learn some it. things so but he didn't have any health insurance for that time he was laid off so we had to wait until he went back to work so about so I had my six week postpartum checkup and then like that, a week later that almost oh. a week later my mom took Tyler with her um for a week to see go see her sister. And so it was just me and Bob and the baby. Nick was an easy, easy baby. And okay. So then <laughs> so then we get to eleven weeks after Nick's born and Bob goes back to work. And we're like, fuck yes. He started back to work Monday. He took a half day on Friday, and I took him to community, and he had a vasectomy. And we were like, okay. Done. See? Easy. We did it. We made it. And the following week, I was like, something's wrong. Right. Something's wrong. And I didn't, because my hormones were still up. I was breastfeeding. Well, yeah, you and, still you know, just had a baby. Yes. Yeah. So that's Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I that's, so that's how we ended up with Three boys and not two boys. That's a fucking nightmare. That would be my true nightmare. Why did you just swallow? Just swallow. She says. I will tell you it only took one time. Yeah. When they say that, it is not a lie. And when they tell you, oh, when you're breastfeeding, it's hard to get pregnant. Also, big fat lie. Because I never had a period (laughs) between those two babies. Well, yeah. Which actually. Really? As I progressed through, that was, I had a hard pregnancy and a hard pregnancy. Mm. Kelvin was easy. Because okay. my hormones were still so yeah. high. Your body was already yeah. primed to, the, to like, make a baby. Obviously. To bake. Right? Yeah. Like, come so, on. Yeah. Get in there. Yeah. Hey, yes. we're ready. So there, there, there's just this, like, total period of you not being able. Like, you were mom mode. You were mm-hmm. wife mode. Yep. And there's this massive period, which is very understandable because I know that a lot of parents go through that mm-hmm. of like seven to ten years of having children yeah. you're just not 
you're not able to be your own person. Yeah. It's true. Even if you are working yeah. full no, time. No, right. You don't have a lot of time. Right. So all these passions, all these things that you know that yeah. you love. Yes. That phrase, yeah. you can have it all, also a lie. Yeah. Also really, a lie. Something has to Something has to go. Something has to give. Something yeah. has to suffer for you right. to yeah. give a lot to something else. Yeah. So, and I picked my kids. Yeah. And so I raised them. I stayed at home until Calvin was in first grade. And then I, my friend's dad had a business and I went and helped him a little bit. And I ended up selling houses for a while. And, and that went to shit because the housing market went, you know, in 20, yeah. 2007 went. Um, Is that when so, you started selling dildos? Not yet. Okay. Close. Yes, I actually before this the idea when, started. Yes. Right. So when I got laid off from that job, and I, I was like, okay, I need I need to do something. I need mm-hmm. money. I need to because Bob and I were separated by then. I got a job at Chapel on Funeral Home, and I worked there as a family service counselor. So I did. If you had a death in the family, I was your girl. Yeah. So, you so your one piece of writing was real. Yes, yes. that is a hundred percent a true story. Really? That, yes, that is my one of two books I am in the middle of and that story black is yeah so I won um I I won the Stark Tinkham Award you went to Purdue yeah so the Stark Tinkham Award is every year I won first place creative nonfiction for that story and that's one of two that got published in their literary so that's going to be black is going to be a book yes okay kind of like chapter one of that really Mm -hmm. I yeah. well, I mean I had you use your name yes. so I, but I wasn't sure how much of that was so right. it are you is that memoir based yes. or is it really mm-hmm. okay yeah because so, I did read all the stuff you said I, oh thanks <laughs> so I I will as the book progresses I'm going to fictionalize it a little bit because there are a of lot course. of things in right. that story and what I have to tell I only worked there a year. Um, but there are a lot like of things a lot. in that well, in there that are just from the excerpt. just the yeah the environment. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Oh my god, I can. Imagine I yeah. I loved the initial dichotomy of where people sat. If it was the yes. window or the wall, mm-hmm. like that was so. Oh my gosh, that. Yeah. First of all, I will definitely say everything you sent. I was because I'm a huge reader. I I loved it. Thank you. Um, I truly like black was awesome. Um, I gasped out loud <laughs> during the um, what is the one where she gets in the car? Um, I'm guessing it's like a mystery, and he's like flirting with her, and then he's like, "Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. oh yeah. yeah." So that is um, Headhunter. Because yes, I, I read yes. that one too. Because yeah. I um, have read a lot of smut, and I'm like, Jen's writing some spice, <laughs> and then he's like, "Get in the car, you stupid fucking bitch." Yeah. He, he didn't say that, but I was like, <gasps> I was like, "This is I not really the turn like, I was expecting." The one, the one thing that really stuck out to me, um, I really like um, the internal monologue, monologue yeah. like the back and forth of of is this gonna happen it's just that back and forth because like that's just that's just how people truly think and yes. i think that doesn't get a lot of uh play time in right. yeah in normal yeah. writings and then the, the the short story of seeing yourself which i was thinking when you were talking about walmart the short story honestly like you were viewing yourself as the mom oh you mean Kubani. my walmart yes that yeah. that really kind of made me emotional mm-hmm. because um, I grew up with a single mom. Okay. And there was a time she has talked about, um, you know, because my dad, you know, it, mm-hmm. 
people just a little transparency is that my parents divorce was very toxic they were constantly getting at each other rather than focusing on what my brother and I needed and there was a lot of unfortunate circumstances that came from that Mm -hmm. so we never went without but I know how much my mom struggled yeah um, and that came to finances. Yes. You know what I mean? And so that story was, it was really beautiful to me. Thank you. It was, it was really, I, I, I actually really felt that. And even as somebody who is not a mother, mm-hmm. I have went even through similar situations. Sure. Yeah. Which I'm sure, you know, it's all about, it's all about reflection. You, and you it's know about what I mean? growth because yes. I will tell you. I can pick out people who have never had a struggle in their life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm related to some of them. Yeah. 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 I can pick people out that I, I can go, well, God, you've never had a kill of coupons. You've never yeah. had to, like, pick between paying your NIPSCO bill or your phone yeah. bill. Like, you, those people stand out. And yeah. I mean, oh, the sure. things that, you know, we do and we go through. Yeah. I mean, they suck at the time. Yeah. Some more oh, than others. Oh, my God. But reflecting back and now the position I'm in and where I'm at in my family and where my kids yeah. are and what we're doing and um, you know it's yeah. you know you appreciate yeah. that those things not only made you who you are but yeah. they made you resilient to shit that comes Under, up because yes, honestly yes. like I told my husband yesterday I'm like okay listen you know we so we are renting currently like yeah. I said we haven't owned in like 15 years um, we bought, uh, full disclosure, we had to give up our house. We had to lose our house yeah. in, when we split up when in 2007. Yeah. Um, well, that was a bad time. That yeah. was just a horrible, horrible That's time. That's like full disclosure for the majority yes, of a lot of people exactly. during that time. Exactly. You know, was, so, we, yeah. we, my family, we had a thriving business. Like, we had, my, my mom had a BMW. Like, we went from having, a, like, a four-bedroom home. Like, we were, we mm-hmm. went to sleeping on my grandparents' couch. Yeah. like a four-person family it happens quick yeah it does yeah so it very difficult yeah very difficult yep but i told him yesterday i'm like okay let's chat about like what's going on because we closed down our house last month we we, i get to pay the first mortgage payment on march 1st which (laughs) i'm weirdly excited about handing over that money but Uh, it's a it's a milestone for us something we've really worked our butts off and so but we still have our rental through the end of may because we have a bunch of stuff we needed to do. Right. So for a couple of months, I'm going to be floating both houses. Right. And I'm like, okay, so. Cool. Okay. All right. So because we're going to float two houses for a couple of months, just because that's how, in my brain, that's how it was going to be the most sane way to do yeah. it. Because I, even yeah. though I've moved a ton, I fucking hate moving. Yeah. And we always get in fights when we move and shit's everywhere and and i mean yeah. it's like just set the house on fire yeah. fuck it we don't yeah. need any of that yeah. stuff like that's the point we get to yeah so i was like you know what so what if we're gonna we built that into our moving costs that we're gonna have this and we're gonna hopefully move in a couple weeks to the new place it gives us time to you know get the rest of our shit out of there mm-hmm. i'm gonna have a bunch of stuff i'm gonna sell so everything we're gonna sell is gonna be left there i'm probably gonna open my doors and be like you want it i'll come oh, on yeah. over i'll come come over so i'll be there um, but I was like, okay, but we're going to have a lot we're putting out for a few months. So I told my husband, I'm like, hey, let's chat about like, I'm like, I spend so much money on groceries. Plus we dine out a lot because I fucking hate cooking. Yeah. <laughs> I cook. Fucking fair. I cook and I can cook. It's it does so not mean I enjoy it. Yeah. He I'm, likes cooking. Not no. me. 
So I'm like, hey, I'm going to try and rein things in and kind of set myself a, a grocery budget and we're going to have to like rein in the dining out because he and I like to go out for a nice yeah, dinner. Well, and, sure, you, know, you deserve it. A lot. I mean, whatever, you know. Well, because we're adults. Like, you well, and I, I and get, get it. We get had it. a long period of time where we couldn't, couldn't do any of those right? things. Yeah. My grocery budget was very limited. Dining out was something we might be able to do for somebody's birthday and that was it. Yeah. And so, you had to plan for the birthday. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I told him, I'm like, let's, I said, I'm going to kind of pare things down but I had to be specific with him I'm like now listen this doesn't mean we're going into like lockdown mode because he right. he has like two extremes we can eat and do whatever we want and we can spend unlimited money on food and whatever or nothing we're eating porridge for oh food. like he doesn't because he was raised by a single mom the too, same so. way Evan yeah. is this he will literally be like babe we really need to start thinking about you know we really need to start doing this and this and this and then the next week he will literally be like we're all gonna die anyways. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, pick a lane, yeah. bro. I know, I know. Because I'll spend money. You don't gotta tell me twice. Yes. Pick, I'll go it off yes. your vibe. Right. Pick a right. lane. Tell me. Yeah. Well, and I'm the accountant at home, so like he looks to me yes. like, can we afford it? But I told him I'm like, it's it's actually been nice lately that we've been able to I can just go to the grocery store and just yeah. buy the things we need. I don't have to look at the sales and clip the coupons. I mean I could, but I have a lot of shit to do. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to do that. So I told him, I'm like, I'm going to start paring things down. Don't go into freak out mode. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to make you eat like, you know, um, you know, oatmeal for the next three. And he's like, okay, I'm glad you told me that. So he instantly <clears throat> starts like, yeah, a little shade. Yes, like. <laughs> the DTs. Yes, exactly. But, but we, um, you know, it's nice to be in a position. Yeah, of course. To be able, and it's weird for us. It's weird because well, it's and new. coming from a family, you know, even knowing a little bit of your guys's background, you know, clearly not knowing how affected you guys were by the 2008 recession, your separation. You know, I knew you had three kids, but taking away the rest of that, having three children that close in age, it it doesn't matter. Like you. It, Nobody is massively wealthy in right in the Midwest. Right. I mean, this is true. You know, right? I'm I'm not talking like you go to California, you go to San Diego, you go to you know. For the most part, people are wealthy here, but wealth is very different in the Midwest oh, than it sure. is in other places. Absolutely. So the yeah. struggle is very. It can be very real. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I really do appreciate that for you guys, and I think that that's like a great point to constantly put out is that you know it can and does get better absolutely and, and, and you, you have to put the work in and you can't you know lose your mind and yeah. you have to stay focused and and then as you go you appreciate where right. you yes. came from and you appreciate little things like yeah. going to the grocery store and just getting the shit you need and yeah. i mean when you're done you might check out and be like jesus i can't believe i spent that much money uh, right. but it's right. okay because, because it can. doesn't mean right that well, shit, now I don't have the rent. You yeah, know, right. it doesn't mean that. Yeah. So I mean, there was there was one time, and, you know, my husband and I, we do not have a lot of money. We very much, like many other people these days, you know, for the most part, live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. We are able to pay our bills. We are. But there, I remember one time when we first got married, um, and if I could turn that, well, I guess I have turned this into something creative, but if I, if I was a writer, this would be a very interesting story, but... There was one time where he, Evan works out of town, and um, I got sick, and our insurance at work is okay, but it's not great. Our I don't have it. Uh, well, that's good. 
our deductibles, our, our co-pays are crazy. And I got sick and I went to the, the uh, urgent care and it was $50. Evan and I had like $67 in our, in our checking account and nothing was in savings that we could just right. pull from. And it's a $50 copay. And I remember just scream, and I felt so, I, f I, f I feel bad about it now and I felt bad about it then after the fact. I just remember screaming at him on the phone of just like, I can't even go to the doctor. And, but it's something that people go through. And I think that those are learning experiences. You know, we, and we didn't get paid for another week. Right. Yeah. You know, so what the fuck were we going to do? Right. This is without children. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And and it's just this yeah. this point of like, I'm a very positive person, you know, probably more positive than most are, but you have to learn to be able to pivot. A hundred percent. And there are skills you're going to pick up along yeah. the way. Oh, yeah. That you don't. I, I think there's skills when you when you start off ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. You start off, you know, before you ever leave your parents' house, you start off with a bank account with lots of money in it. You've already earned a bachelor's degree or a master's degree or whatever, and you're you meet someone and they're in the same position and you get married and you're able to right away buy a house and you just you're in careers where you're constantly just moving up and making right. more money. Yeah, right. There are skills you don't learn, and that's one of them. Yeah, that's one of them. What the fuck yep. are we going to yeah. do? Yeah. I worked with someone like that. Um, I used to work for a podiatrist. Oh. And the, there was a lady that had gotten hired after I started um, that worked there, and she she lived her life wealthy. Yeah. Oh, boy. And, and listen, God bless them, really, but you fucking have learned nothing. Right. But so they, they lived their life wealthy, and then there came a point they had um, her and her husband had two girls that were probably junior high or high school at yeah. that point but there was a family member who had some kind of investment opportunity and was like listen i can make you a ton of money well when you've got a lot of money and you're like well sure, sure. let's double it right right they lost everything oh, and when i no. say everything i mean i mean they lost yeah everything yeah and so i mean she by the time i met her this was a couple years later but yeah. she's scrambling uh. Because no she's never had the experience. She didn't go before, to college. Right. She didn't, you know, because she right. just worked and, you know, did stuff. And and so that's that's a skill that is definitely learned. And there are definitely things that you can pull from and make yourself do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and when you learn things like that, when you're like, well, that fucking sucked. I it yeah. sucked to go there and not have. What can I do? Yeah. And I mean. My, one of my biggest suggestions because there's jack shit to do with writing but everything to do with life is force yourself any kind of like money you get that you're not expecting to get put in a savings account and don't fucking touch it pretend yeah. it doesn't exist yeah and and just little by little because if having a buffer of money even if it's a thousand dollars having a buffer of money makes all the difference yeah. and you don't know that when you're i lived paycheck to paycheck for most of my adult yeah. life oh yeah if not almost all, but like when we got to a point where I had a buffer and I'm like, okay, so then I've got all the bills, all of a sudden everything's due at once. I can pull from my savings to pay that yeah. because I don't get paid for four days. Yeah. But when I get paid, it goes right back in there. Right, yeah. Now my shit's paid and I've got this little so that I can move stuff around and multiple yeah. bank accounts greatly helps. Yeah. Because then you've got your one you're looking at, 
but you've got these couple other ones. And they just yeah. kind of exist. They're there, and you've got yeah. whatever going on, and maybe you do like a little auto, you know, saving or whatever, you know, yeah. like amount. But those little things are things that will greatly help you to, you know, yeah. navigate that shit. But anyway. But yeah. I also think that if you Thanks are... Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks. Um, you're great. Um, I... I do also think that if you are writing your fictional memoir, if that's a thing, like historical fiction or something like that, if you're you're writing it in terms of you, that stuff is going to be very important because certain people are going to be drawn Mm -hmm. to that story. People are drawn to mem. I am. I, I would, of course, read yours. I'm not a huge memoir fan um, because I'm like, when I read, I just want to get lost in books. Like, I don't want to like hear about people's struggles because right. I have my fucking own. Um, I'll read yours. Don't worry. Um, but um, people will be drawn to the life that you have lived in the life that you are living now. And so, you know, it's not even necessarily about like a TED Talk thing or anything. It's it's about how did I survive? Right. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? Sometimes I don't know. I'll be honest. No. I mean, sometimes Listen, I'm like, no, I, get that I don't know no. how we got through that. Yeah. You know? But and but I will say, I mean, writing is a thing that kind of saved me. Yeah. Because so moving forward in my little life timeline right so my husband and I were separated and we were functioning and working that's when I where I worked at the funeral home for a year put that back here because as I was living that I was like this would make a fabulous book for somebody to write uh, yeah okay. so that well, I why worked. do you think we started a podcast because we're not writers <laughs> well, right. it's an outlet it's an outlet so I had other jobs in there um, and my, the last one was the podiatrist. I worked there for two and a half years. I was the um, I worked the front desk, but I was the marketing director too. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go into him and his practice and his psychosis, but you know that's, that's all uh, you need off. to say. Yes, that's, that's all you need to say. So I that was 2012, um, moving into the summer. So my oldest was about to graduate from high school, mm-hmm. and he was going to go to Ball State, which he did for a year. Um, he was you know got accepted to Ball State. Um, I had moved him in with my parents and me with the younger boys in with my husband at his apartment because we were like, okay, we got a kid graduating from high school. Yeah. And he's about to start college. We need fuck money. And that's yeah. the thing we don't really have. Yeah. Operating two houses. So that just worked. My parents yeah. love having them. You know, it was, it was, it functioned as it was supposed to. Um, and that's how my husband and I ended up getting back together yeah. because we were in the same house and you know so it just um, happened yeah so july <laughs> of 2012 tyler had graduated we went to his all his shit at ball state we had his open house i was like all right this is gonna be a great summer like you know we're getting all ready for college yeah. so july of 2012 i ended up in the hospital for a week with five blood clots in my right leg oh, just, oh my suddenly, God. just suddenly i didn't know yet but i have a clotting disorder um they still have no idea how I ended up with these blood clots. We know why I ended up with five and how they were so huge by the time they admitted me because they missed them the first time I was in the ED. And four days later, I went back because I was like, well, now I can't bend my leg and it's purple. Jesus and Christ. so um, I couldn't work. Yeah. So I was out for a couple of weeks and that was when the office I worked at was transitioning to EMR. And so the uh, office, electronic medical records. Okay. Yes. So, because we were on paper charting, which everybody was, mm-hmm. you know. 
So it was this big, huge deal. We need you here because everybody's got to, you know, we're scanning all the charts in and we're trying to navigate both yeah. things. And, and I was like, okay. So I went back to work a lot sooner than I should have, but I also didn't have with them. I was full time. I had no shorter t- long term disability. Mm. I had no PTO. Like, it was a fucked up job, but it yeah. was a job, which yeah. was right. crazy at that point, you yeah. know? So <clears throat> I went back and I was like, okay, I can be here and I can work. But I have to sit most of the time. Right. I can't. The up and down would kill me. Yeah. Right? I was in so much fucking pain. That is painful. If you ever wonder if you have a blood clot, you, uh, if you have one, you okay. probably will stop wondering. Okay. Because they're so, it's so painful. Yeah. Let's You're talk like, about that. Let's just cut my leg off. Oh, just cut my, my leg. I mean, it's, I an, it's an intense pain. Yeah. You f- I felt like my leg, it was so swollen and things were so blocked up. It uh. felt like it was going to blo- explode. And I was at a point where I was okay with that. You were like, just put me on my fucking It's fine. Misery. Just blow up. It's fine. Yeah. I, I got another just one. It's fine. Just take it off. Yes. Yeah. So I went back for a little bit and struggled with that. And I was like, and so he, the doctor, who was a jag bag from hell. Um, we don't, we don't whisper here. He t- <laughs> say jag bag from hell. There you go. Yes. Say yes. loud and proud. So he approached me one day and he was like, listen, the rest of the staff is irritated because you get to sit on your butt all day. And I was like. You are a fucking doctor. Like, how is... Do you not understand? He's the one that when I walked in Monday morning, and he was like, why are you limping? And I told him, he's like, go to the emergency room. You probably have a blood clot in your leg. Like... You know what's happening. So, he said, well... there's an ass I Because er, everybody else... I'm pretty sure somebody in the office was blowing him. Like, whatever. Whatever. Well, I think somebody caught him doing drugs. I, total speculation. Listen. But still. Listen. I was the I was the one shitty who, doctors are dime a dozen. That's, yeah, that's yeah, why we yeah, have a fucking yeah. pill problem a shitty, in this country. He's a shitty boss and whatever. But he got nasty with me about it and told me he's like, "This is how it's going to work. You come in in the morning, you do your actual job, which I was doing my job. I just you know, um, and when you're in pain, go home." And I said, okay. And I got up and left. I would no, like literally exactly what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. Uh, my doctor put me on medical leave, which I still didn't get paid anything for. Yeah, but right. it, at least it, it held that job for a while. Saved the I think job. 12 weeks. And when I was getting close to where the 12 weeks I quit. Yeah. But I couldn't work. I mean, I was, I knew I was going to be at home. Yeah. So I had already enrolled in um, at Purdue Cal to start in the fall. Yeah. I was already planning that before that shit all happened. Yeah. I was going to go part-time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do, but I was like, I didn't get to go to college when I was a kid. I didn't get to go to college when my kids were little. I tried college for a year when Tyler was a baby. That was not happening because I worked full-time and I had a kid and college and I was doing pre-nursing. Yeah. I had I had a, that year that I finished pre-reqs, I had one, like one more semester and then I could apply to the nursing program. Yeah. And... That wasn't going to happen. I could definitely see you as a good nurse, but it's not. I am the unofficial nurse in my family and friends Because you are very nurturing. And I love, I've worked with, so I've been in healthcare most of my Mm -hmm. life. I've worked with so many nurses, some of whom are amazing nurses, and and I consider very close friends of mine. And I would always chuckle. My last job before I came to Geminis was at Pinnacle. Really? I was, yeah, I was there for a year and a half. I was doing, because um, I was at St. Mary's, which I'll get to later. But I went back to Pinnacle because I had worked there in college. 
and I was a unit secretary on midnights, three 12-hour shifts, yeah. um, and I loved my midnight girls, and it, I would always crack up because now and then one of them would come up to me and ask me something, they're like, I have this rash, and I'm like, Man, you do realize you're the nurse, right? Yeah. Like Midnights the, is a different form of people. It, uh, I, I love it. I have yes. worked midnights. Yes. My, I mean, my, God, Evan has worked midnights for yeah. three, four years now. Yeah. But it's like, it's a different group of people who work the third shift. It absolutely <laughs> is. And it's the people who are like, okay, we got to make decisions. Cool. Let's just do it. Yeah. They don't go. There's for no administration. There's no like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There, I love them dearly. I know some of my, my girls from Pinnacle are going to probably listen to this podcast. And well, talk I, about I know that. Time, yes. Then. Yes. They, I know that. They, they miss me dearly and I, Aww. you know, I love them and I've, I've had such great friends from there, but I, they crack up because now and then one of them would tell me like, I, we love having you like as our secretary because you're, it's like having like one of us that's subbing in as the secretary yeah. because like yeah. I'm not a nurse and I never pretend to be and I would never, you know, take that away from them. But yeah. I've lived in healthcare. I grew up in healthcare yeah. and that's my, my easy happy wheelhouse yeah. you know it's where i always go to. so right yeah so but i couldn't find a job i couldn't walk into a hospital yeah. which is why i took the podiatry office job i couldn't find anything so i was like well fuck it i'm gonna go to school now's the time right and i done so when i couldn't work i was like well jesus i might as well go full-time to school i was already enrolled and i was already starting part-time and so my husband who had now me and the two younger boys living with him and Tyler was off going off to college. And he was like, just do that. Just do college. Yeah. Like make that your job yeah. for now. And I'll support us. And you um, just do school. He sounds very supportive. He is. And I love He's that. my best friend. hundred yeah. percent. Yes. Yeah. Some days I think we mutually visualize smothering the other one. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how I know. Yeah. I mean, he knows me the boat the most and the best. Yeah. And yeah, he's just, he's, he's cool. <laughs> he's cool. He and I get each other because he also is a, be careful what you ask me because I'm going to tell you exactly <laughs> yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, and he's super smart and you know, he's just, he's, yeah, yeah. he wasn't going anywhere. I was keeping him. Even <laughs> if he tried to get away from me, I was like, no, it's not going to happen. I'll hobble you. <laughs> I will straight up I, I will, go misery uh, on you. I, I, I will misery you yes. and it will be the best day of my Correct. life. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, although I have an obsession with his feet, so I don't know that I would have to hobble him in a different way because I have a straight-up obsession with his feet. He's Why? Got, Does he have nice feet? He has the smoothest skin on the top of his feet. On the top of his feet? Yes. It's bizarre, but I'm like, huh. I might I might have a tiny little, not foot fetish in general, just, just for a fetish him. for his feet. For, for him, yes. for the top of his feet. And he's got, like, long toes. He can climb anything. <laughs> he's, I mean... Right about that. I could go on. Right about that. Yeah. Rippers, man. Yep. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So we decided that was that was the time. So fall of 2012, I enrolled at Purdue, and they were like, okay. And then so then like an advisor called me, and she was like, I, you and I were at Purdue around the same time. When did you go start, and when did you graduate? Um, I graduated high school in 2010. I went to, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I went to Ivy Tech my first year, so I started okay. at Purdue 2011 through 2015. Okay, and so I started I started off, was Susan your advisor until she died? Yes! Okay, so Susan calls me. I was just telling somebody about Susan. Yes. She yes. was 
the best. Okay. So I had a different experience with her. <laughs> oh, really? But was, here was the thing. So she called me, and now mind you, I'm starting college in fall of 2012, right? Um, so a year, I'm about year to turn. Me. I'm about to turn 40. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm 39. I turned 40 in October when I started college, um, and you know, Purdue's a commuter school, so yeah. a good there's a good mix of ages yeah. there, right? Um, but she called me and she was like, okay, so, you know, got, you know, I see you've picked all your classes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do all that. I don't need your help with all this shit, you know? Yeah. And she's like, okay, but what's your major going to be? And I'm like, I don't really know yet. And she said, okay, so I need to let you know that adult students have to choose a major. You can't come in as what she used some other term. What the fuck? Adult student? Like, you can't come in. What is the age cut off? Thank you. (laughs) Two years after high school. That was the age. She said, if you've been out of high school for at least two years, you can't come in undeclared. You have to declare a major. So Mm. I was like, huh, that's pretty fucking stupid, but all right, whatever. So I wonder if they do. Let's. There's a reason. uh, Yeah. Because some people are career college students. It's true. Yeah. So Purdue is. As long as Purdue is getting money. If I could afford it, that's exactly what I would do. Right. I would just go to school all the time. There are people who do that. I wish I could. Yeah. Not me. Not me. Pass. No. So I was like, uh, psychology. Like, I mean, okay. I was like, I really don't know what the fuck I want to do. Yeah. But fine. If you're going to force me to declare major, yeah, let's it, say psych. It, and it was 2012, so that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Let's say psych. It's fine. Yeah. So Everybody chooses psych. I started out with, you know, full class. I have four classes a semester. Yeah. My first semester, I had psych, which is why I, that was in my head, you know. Um, one of my classes was the comp class. So the two English classes mm-hmm. that you have to take, I'd already, uh-huh. they let me keep my credits from 17 years earlier, which is part so of the reason nice. I went to Purdue instead of IUN. Yeah, that pissed, pissed me off so much because my <clears throat> first year, I should have graduated college in 2014. My first year at Ivy Tech, the, P- Purdue's whole thing is like, oh, credits. And yeah. Ivy Tech's whole thing is like, transfer yep. credits. Yep. I came oh, in memory. to Purdue as a, Quote, second level freshman. Okay. So I had to take the majority. I still to this day have no clue why the fuck it happened that way. Yeah. Um. So I had to do five years and it, I, it, I it should have. Yeah. 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 So I was livid about that. Yeah. yeah. I don't blame you. But it was a whole like I had nine credits from when my first yeah. go at college when I was 22. Yeah. So um, I was like, fine, fine. So. It was the second comp class. So, like, there were two that you had to take. It was the second one. And the professor was this guy named Jason. And he was the same age as I was. And so it's mostly kids in the class. I took it at that building that Purdue built on Broadway and then ditched. And Ivy Tech owns it now. Yeah, I had okay. classes there. So yeah. that's where I took my first. Because I was like, cool. Wait, we Jason, lived in Crown Point. Jason. Jason Pete. Was he hot? No, he was. He looked like Moby a little bit. Mm, no, never mind. Um, and I had an instructor named Jason. He was a little younger, but he was so hot. And this was not him. But he was, like, dirty. But he was so hot. <laughs> Anyways. So, um... <laughs> we I, all know one. We all know one. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I, I got in there, and I was like, cool, because I love to write. Yeah. Let's get into some writing. Yeah. Right? And so, I, as the class progressed, I chatted with him yeah. about, you know, um, you know, the advisor made me pick a major. I'm kind of, you know, undecided, but yeah. whatever. And I said, but I got to tell you, like, I'm really interested in writing. I love to write. I'm actually thinking about making that 
my major. And he said, if you do that, you're a moron. Oh, fuck wow. you. Not and I was going, honestly. But I was so receptive, because college was new for yeah. me. And I'm, I'm now old. And I'm now... You have a health issues. And I can't be in school forever. And I'm... You know, like I need this to go somewhere. Yeah, I right. need to, I need to do college and be done with college and have something yeah. that makes it worth God, my so time. So crazy because look at all these writing jobs now. Yeah. Oh my god! Sure. So, but he told me I was stupid if I was thinking about doing that because writing is shitty. Nobody appreciates it. You'll never get a job. It's so saturated. And I mean, he just and I was like, okay, well, you must know. You're you very have smart. a writing degree. You look like Moby. You look like Moby. You I must know what you. you're talking about. I trust right? you. So I just sat on it for a little bit. So moving forward through into the second semester, um, I volunteered with a group that was looking for mentor moms for a teen mom group. And it was starting in January. They had meetings in Lowell twice a month. Mm -hmm. It was for teen moms. Actually, the girls were between 12 and 25. That was the age they could be, 12, wow. 12, and be either pregnant or parenting. Mm -hmm. So most of our girls were late teens in that group they were looking for mentor moms mm -hmm. and i was like i would love that because i have lived through yeah i wasn't a teen mom, mom but you i was a pretty mom. pretty close to being yeah. a teen mom mm -hmm. i have so much i would love to do that so i got into that as a volunteer mm -hmm. and loved that program and that's what was i was like this is great mm -hmm. this is what i want to do like, I love that whole, you know, I want to do this as a career. So I changed my major at HDFS. And that's what my, I know, my, right? My I did in. my homework on you too. Don't worry. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I stalk you a little bit. Oh, okay. So I, I Wait, where'd you that. find that information? <laughs> I think you told me that. Oh, probably. Or maybe you have it on social media somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I pulled, up, I pulled up a couple of records. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I watch you sleep at night. Okay. You talk about it in she your sleep. She loves it. Just yeah. the more you stalk her, the more the more, she wants the it. more best friends we're yeah. gonna be. Yeah. Okay. The more I'm like, I'm stalkable. Like, I love that. <laughs> so um I ended up that summer, the the person that they had that worked for Purdue that ran that program, um, they terminated her for reasons I won't talk about. But they offered me the job. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. Yes, I yeah. want that job. Yeah. It was 20 hours a week. It was perfect. I mean, I worked from home and planned these meetings. Huh. And I went to the um, APA, American Psychological yeah. Center. Mm -hmm. Right? They trained me on the, presenting their curriculum really? and all this. And I loved my girls. We were doing the meetings twice a month in Lowell. And then we were going to the St. Monica home. Are you familiar with what that is? No. It's on the campus mm -hmm. of the hospital in Dyer, which is where I started my my work life right um it's a maternity home mm, and oh. so i had a very like never knew that they opened that when i had only been there a couple years i'd already i was already a mom by then they opened that and very long story that i'm going to condense into like two sentences there was a girl there that was living there because she was giving her baby up for adoption and they had when you were living there you had to either be in school have a job or volunteer at the hospital and they provided childcare mm -hmm. if you had yeah. your baby. Well, she was pregnant. They had her volunteer, and I got her in my department because she was over 18. And I just latched onto her. I was like 23 or 24 at the time. Uh -huh. I used to take her home with me for the weekend. Like, uh -huh. she, she placed her baby for adoption. She, like, I helped her. She got into college, she went to Ball State. 
the home was going to boot her out after she had her baby. And I was like, fuck you. You're not booting her out. Hell yeah. You're going to let her stay here until she goes to fucking cut. Because she had her baby in April. And she wasn't leaving for school in August. I'm like, no. No, 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 no. You're going to let her fucking stay here until she leaves for college. Yeah, right. I fought them. And I I mean, so I had a really close. So I was excited to go do a group there. Um, I've kept in touch with a lot of the little moms that I um, encountered there. One in particular, my Gabby. She is my heart. Um, She and I met when she was 17 and her baby was two weeks old, her Uh oldest. Um, She lives in Vegas. She's got five babies now. And I'm in touch with her all the time. And I help her when I can. And she's just, it's been amazing to watch over 10 years. Yeah. Watch her grow up and blossom into just this. I mean, she's just, she's had a hard life. Yeah. And she's had a lot of struggles. Yeah. Um, But she just is, I mean... She's a rock star little mom. She oh, she she really that. is. So I got a lot from that. And so that was my goal. HDFS. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna work maybe I'll work for Purdue because they that's who ran our yeah. program, which right. is how I got turned on to that major. Yeah. But the more I worked it and yeah. then I went and became a CASA, a court appointed yeah. special advocate for Lake County. Mm-hmm. I went through that training. I got sworn in. Yeah. I was um, involved in two DCS cases. Yeah. Both. Um, I was going to start doing that, too, and then they turned it over to the lawyers. Okay. Yeah. So. Very um, difficult. The two cases I was involved in were both um, parents lost custody of their kids because they were doing drugs around yeah. their kids and, and all these things. And both cases, the grandparents had temporary custody. So, I mean, it was, but just being involved in that system, I was like, I don't think I can no, get into no. social yeah. services because yeah. straight up, I, not in that respect, not hands yeah. on, because no. I was like, you know how many bodies I will have buried in my backyard? Yeah. Because there's no way in hell I'm going to a house where there's abuse, neglect, mm-hmm. no yeah. food, whatever. And the the minimum standard of living in Indiana is pathetic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's written. Just the yeah. If you go into a house and there's cockroaches all over the place and there's no electricity, they won't take your kids. Yeah. I mean, there's it's it's sick. So I knew at that point, I was like, oh, God, okay, what else can I do with this major, right? So at the same time... I was looking for a couple electives that I needed to take, and one of them was creative writing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's cool, because I love to write, even though you yeah. know, Jason told me I'd be a fucking stupid ass if I became a writer. We I'm going to take... Jason. We don't right? stand Jason on this He podcast. got fired the following well, semester. Not shocked. So I... Um, Go back to music, Moby. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I took a creative writing class. Ooh, now I'm getting warm. <laughs> take it off. That's being 50. Listen... I'm a little bit of an exhibitionist, so be careful throwing <laughs> that around. I didn't shave my armpits today, but I'll take I'll take this off. You know, now quickly. that I'm old, I only have to shave my pits about once a week. That's true. That is true. It's well, older, your shaving is also growing. a state of mind, Jen. Oh, so, listen, yeah. I this, <laughs> unless I'm going somewhere in the winter that I'm going to be in a bathing suit, this, I don't... Yeah, none don't. of this gets touched unless it's by no. somebody with hot wax on a stick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. So um, I took this creative writing class because I was like, well, I need a couple of electives. I'm t- this sounds like a fun class, yeah. right? So I get in the class, and my professor is Janine Harrison, who we've become good friends. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I took two more classes with her after that. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds familiar. So sounds she, familiar. Well, she was she taught the freshman English. I'll sh- I'll show you a picture of her. Okay. And you you may have had her. Mm-hmm. She's got blonde hair. She'd been at Purdue a while. She's got a daughter, Gianna, who's when I was in school she was young, and now she's heading to college she's next just, year. And I mean, it's, but, a, it's that shit <clears throat> that makes you feel old. right. But yeah. but yeah. Janine, when I start in her class as an elective, Janine's only a few years older than I am. Yeah. So she is a published author. Yeah. Her husband is Michael Poor, who is a published author, who was in the middle Sounds of, familiar, he had yeah. just that signed a book familiar. deal for his second book, um, Up Jumps the Devil. And like, huh. so they're cool people. Yeah. So I'm in her class and we chat, you know, because we're in the same age group. And, and so we've got this little group that we get together and it's, our same group the whole semester and we're going to workshop our stuff so she gives our assignment and we're going to write it and then me and four other people who are all probably between the ages of like 19 and 22 my little group that i had Mm -hmm. right um so we we write our stuff yes in almost every class yeah so we workshop our stuff so I love these children. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like, you guys are good writers, mm-hmm. but like, you're cool people. Like, I just got in with because I now had been at Purdue a few years, mm-hmm. and I was like, some of the kids here are fucking assholes. Well, like, I was like, honestly, I had a yeah. whole thing where I was like, listen, this school needs a fucking thirty and over lounge because <laughs> I tell you, lounge. I'm sitting in the student lounge in between classes, and I hear fucking Brittany and Bethany next to me, and they're like. Oh, my god yeah that's so if we went to the bar and like i mean this guy like he had to stop he told us like you know he he had to stop put gas in his car and then like he lost his debit card or something and i'm like i'm like why you even talk to me he was so old i mean he was probably like 31 i don't know why the hell he was in a bar and i was trauma, like trauma fist was like i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna it's gonna happen mm-hmm. it's gonna happen and then you're gonna have to say that old bitch beat me up yeah, right? yeah. exactly yeah some students there assumed I was a teacher, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't care. I loved being in college. Yeah. I loved that I could. It sucked Try that I sneeze. didn't have, our income was my husband's. Yeah. I was, Purdue was paying me. Yeah. Right? Um, and at around that same time, that's when I picked up the dildo gig, which we'll talk about oh, in a sec. But, um, but then. Can you get us in touch with Adam and, Adam and Eve? I, I didn't work for them. I oh. worked for Pure Romance. I was Pure oh, Romance. Oh, Pure for, Romance! Like, theater, so I did home parties. Um, but I was like in this writing class and I was like, this is so much fun. I wish I would have taken this earlier. Like, yeah. I love this class. So the story that you mentioned, Headhunter, that was my first big piece I wrote in that first creative writing class. So that piece is... Janine wrote on there when she when we were done and we gave her our final draft and she went through because she'd already made edits and you fix your yeah. stuff mm-hmm. and she gets your final draft. She wrote on there, this is exemplary work. You should send things out for publication. And I was like, so that piece is 10 years old. What? Um, well, not quite. Ish. So I wrote it in probably 2014. So, yeah, not uh, yeah. almost nine years old. <laughs> yeah. So but I was like, I mean, I went up to her and I'm like are you fucking kidding me? Right. Like nobody's ever told me right. like that my, and she's like, no, she's like, you're a really good writer. And I was like, but dude, you're like a professional writer. Yeah. Are you sure you're, you know, stop fucking with me, Janine. Yes. Cause I was just told last semester that I was going to be a dumbass yes. if I yeah. actually did this. And I yeah. told her that. And, and she was like, well, that was crappy advice, but here's the thing. You're a really good writer. And I was like, okay, I've lived my whole life. <laughs> 
meeting positive reinforcement yeah. because I, I didn't get a whole lot yes, of that yes, ever. I agree. Okay. Pretty yeah. much ever. So I was like, perked up. You like <laughs> things I, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm going to write something else. Can yeah. I show you this? Can I send you that? Yeah. I mean, so I tried not to be an idiot about it. Just like went off. Yes. There. But my stuff, she, everything I wrote and she was, she knew she could be like, she was more criticizing of my stuff than she was the younger kids because yeah, she knew she knew you were I was old enough to take it, but I was serious. Yeah. And I'm like, I want you. Yeah. I love the workshopping process too. Yeah. I loved reading my stuff out loud because everyone would have a copy. Yeah. But you'd read it out loud so they could hear it in your voice. That's a great way to catch mistakes in your writing. Yeah. But I was like, please tell me what you hate about it. Yeah. Like, please tell me. Yeah. There is oh, a story. I love constructive criticism. Did you read the story? What is the name of that fine story? I think I changed the. Damn it. It's the one about the couple who loses their daughter. Did I send you that one? No. Mm-hmm. I read Black Headhunter, the Walmart one, mm-hmm. and the Ocean one, which I, I'm i actually like a big nature fan. Oh. And I, standing at the... I felt super connected yeah. my to that dad had, story. I flew out to my sister's because my dad had just had a heart attack out there yeah. in California. And that was the, I had never seen the Pacific Ocean before. Yeah. And that was the last night he was home from the hospital. Um, and I was flying back home the next day and me and my sister and brother left to go grab groceries and stuff for her to have. Cause yeah. my, you know, he'd been in and out, whatever. And so she's like, let's take Jen to the beach because she's never, you know, so she lives, if you leave my sister's subdivision, if you leave it, like, have you seen Big Little Lies? Yeah. That's where my sister lives. Like, uh, that's her... Monterey Bay? Not that city. But... But that's... It, like, that you... If you ever similar. went there and were inner... Like, spliced with those people, like, she even admitted it. She's yeah. like... It was kind of like watching my life. <laughs> so, but you leave her house and you turn, and she's kind of elevated, and as soon as you come down this main drag, you can see... She's a mile from the ocean. Wow. So, we ran wow. to the beach real quick. So, money. Okay. Got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. She's the lawyer. So, I, we ran to the beach real quick, and... I just got like it was very powerful yes. because it was like this release for me and yeah. this like it was the coolest the thing same way. standing there and seeing nothing but water yeah. because yeah. you can go to like Michigan yeah. and you might it but usually you can see Chicago same. in the background it's you know? not the same well, it is and, not and, and you have this moment of like not in a bad way but like because I've I've been to Hawaii I've been to the Atlantic mm-hmm. You you have this moment of being like, I am a peon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there's something really comforting about that. Yep. That my shit is not. It does not. It's not matter. that big. Not in the greater scheme It is not that important. Yes, it is. Absolutely. No, no matter, you know, because clearly that was a very difficult time for you. But yeah, it, I really, I mean, I love, like I said, I loved everything that you wrote, but that one, I remember like sitting back and being like, I have been in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's lost. In nature. It's lost in living in, yes, we live in rural Indiana, but that sense of littleness you know yeah. that it it's just it's just lost in daily life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you're we're just so overwhelmed constantly all the time and yeah. you get lost in your own shit. Yep. Yeah. So easily that yeah. you you have to have those those moments where you are able to step outside of yourself for a minute. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And see, and I felt that that yeah. power. Yeah. Never send yeah. any of your writing to me because <laughs> I'm going to send all of it to you. You Well, you can send it all to me, but don't send it to me in a way of like, what do you think? Because 
I am a very optimistic person, and I'm not like a negative person. No, she'll be like, "Oh my god, it's so perfect! I, it's 100 percent plus plus." That's what I'm gonna it do. It helps you zero percent. Yeah, I gotcha. I, I give gotcha. the majority of my Goodreads a four or five. Like, <laughs> here's what helps me because now, now that I'm not in school and I'm, you know, Purdue says I'm a professional writer or whatever, right? I have an expensive piece of paper that says. Well, that. you are. But what I like, so that means something. But what I like to hear is how how you felt when you read yeah. what I wrote because the story I was talking about that I will send you it's I remember the title it's 14 Shamrock Way I messed with the title I was I don't title my stuff until I'm almost done editing it yeah now and then I've got something that pops in my head yeah black took me a long time to title yeah um and I love and, it. And there was a reason. I mean, yeah. it was the black clothing thing. You know, there yeah. was a there was a reason I was finding like that's the title. But there's a, but I also feel like there was more to that than just right. the black. I mean, clearly you right. can connect. Absolutely. But there's just so many ways. It's just the funeral home. Mm-hmm. It's a dark time. Like I just yeah. You see, you oh, got it. You yeah. got it. But Fourteen Shamrock Way is a um, a story that I wrote about a couple who is young, successful, live in the city, they meet by happenstance they get married they have this like whirlwind beautiful life they move to the suburbs because they have a baby unexpectedly they're raising her and she's i think i aged her about four years old um but she dies in a very tragic accident at their house and i wrote that and this is completely fiction fiction this 100 fiction yeah um and so I wrote it from, it was a timeline where they started out. It's like, she's telling, she's the narrator, the wife. Mm-hmm. She's telling the story about their life and where they came from and all these things mm-hmm. and how this, you know, accident happened and what, you know. Right. And I had my workshopping group read it because I was like, okay, I wrote this fucked up story because there's death <laughs> in so much of my stuff. There's death and darkness. Yeah. And so much that I write. You yeah. will, it's rare that I write something that's got a lot of levity to it. There might be underlying humor, but... Oh, the, yeah. I'm <laughs> a huge fan right. of dark humor. Like, right. I'm a huge... That's like... It's that's, just so realistic. That's my shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 But I'm, yeah. I, I, I insert death in a lot of things. Janine yeah. noticed that at some yeah. point, right? But I wrote that one and my workshopping group, they're reading it and this was a second class I took with yeah. her. And so I'm like, you know, I'm reading it out loud. They're looking and I'm done. And I look up and there were like that workshop group. I think there were six or seven people in it. Most of them were bawling. Aww. And I was like, oh, like you were like, <laughs> I was so I excited. Know. And, like, <laughs> and I actually I I chatted with Janine and true to Janine's form. She had me pull that fucker apart because she was like, it's fine. <sighs> but I just got seven people crying. I, th- like, I know. Yeah. She's like, I think you can do better. Yeah. And so I pulled it apart. Yeah. And never I said start, that to me for that. And I, <laughs> I started at the funeral home now. Oh, wow. That's where it starts. Mm-hmm. And it's her. Mm-hmm. It's a narrator now. Yeah. It's not her. It's observing her, but then the narrator, it's first person omniscient, which means the narrator's in her head and and knows what she's thinking. And so it goes that way. I'll be honest, I kind of liked it better the first way, but I was happy with the challenge of writing it from a different point of view and like pulling that fucker apart and like... um, So, So what is your goal? What is your goal in terms of your writing? Like... Clearly, you have said that you have started books. Mm-hmm. You have stuff in the works. Next five years of writing, let's talk about it. Right. So I'm always writing. Um, I've got... And you have done a great thing with the company that we work at, which we do oh, not say names. Right. 
because um, I've made that mistake. Um, we use Microsoft systems, mm -hmm. and so we have what's called Yammer. Okay. And Jen immediately, it's like it's like Facebook for work. That's exactly how I describe it. Yep. Went on and created a writer's page oh, cool. on that, and I see the interaction that you get from people yes. about putting writing prompts yep. out there, yep. and it's great. Yeah, I started it and said I would post a prompt every week or so. Sometimes there's bigger gaps, whatever. Yeah. Um, but then someone actually reached out and asked me if it was okay to put his own prompt. I'm yeah. like, no, please. Like, yeah, like that's, that's exactly yeah. why. talented people. Yes, which is exactly why I did it. Because yeah. you know what? I... So, I mean, going back to college and being in Janine's class, that first class, she invited me to go to a writing conference, okay. a local one. It was at the Radisson was okay. still a thing. Oh, so the Radisson. It was at the Radisson in the ballroom. Yeah. She said, it's a local one. There's some good writers that are coming out to yeah. be speakers. That workshop, being there, meeting those writers, I met the head of the English department at Ball State. I met a guy who lives in the East Coast that's like a yeah. super duper published author. How, like, they taught these. I know. It was bad. Yeah. They taught these classes, and when I was done, Monday, I contacted my advisor, because I already had enough English credits to have yeah. an English minor, because mm, I had yeah. loved... I contacted my advisor, and I said, I want to change my major. She's like, you have, like, three fucking semesters left of school. It was Lana, that she was the sociology... Oh, like, yeah, nobody she, liked Lana. I got Lana after Susan yeah. died, right? Hey, I did so I, sad. Susan, Lana and I, Susan. Lana and I got each other. Yeah. And Susan really got me. Right. And yeah. I think it was the age thing. I do. Yeah. I think Lana and I got each other. She was older. And she knew that I didn't need a whole lot of hand-holding. Mm. Yeah. But she thought I was straight up fucking nuts. She's like... <laughs> well, listen. Well, I said, listen, I know already. Yeah. I don't want to... I, I have to get away from social services. Yeah. I have to. Yeah. And I, I'm okay if school takes me a little longer. Christ, I have I'm in my mid-40s. My passion. You know, at this point. Yeah. I, you're, you're like, right. I'm not just starting my life and I need to set in a career. Right. You're like... This is more for me as an right. adult. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I switched my major at that point to English. There were three um, different majors in, in English you could pick from. You could do lit, you could do journalism, or you could do professional writing, which is what I chose, yeah. which gives you this big gamut. And I took some of the coolest classes. I took a class on gamification, which Ooh. I'm super using those skills right now because I am building yeah. our Snowmageddon exercise from the one we got. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm just pulling some of the stuff. But like, that's what... That's part of the shit I love to do. Yeah. Build a game way to teach yeah. or mm -hmm. to instruct. Which I or, have seen some yes. of the stuff that you have put on your guys' um, safety, oh, yeah. QI and safety yeah, yeah. and culture of safety. Yeah. It looks really good. Thank you. Looks really good. Thank you. I dabble in graphic design a little, yeah. but I love Canva. Shout out Same. to Canva. Yeah. Maybe Canva oh. can be a, a sponsor. God, one I fucking wish. Well, I just did my first commission. On yeah, with it. Yeah, so, she, she did. For you. Thanks. She did. Yeah, yeah I, I did it last night. <laughs> I did Canva a lot. So uh, yeah, Canva. But I um so I you know I'm now I'm an English major. I'm taking and I'm like this was the right move because I I ended up with a sociology sociology minor because I had taken so many classes yeah. that in that you know I was yeah. done. Um, but I I loved it and I felt so like encouraged and so you know and I just latched onto Janine and any other writers yeah. I could see so kind of fast forward I graduated from Purdue in no December 2017 mm -hmm. I was working that was when I was at Pinnacle the first time as a unit secretary because that was kind of my job mm -hmm. as I finished school I had the um the Jason Pete moment 
<laughs> when I was done and I was like, well, cool. I wrote a stellar resume and a cover letter. Why? Because I have a fucking degree in writing. Yeah. Right. right? I sent out, I'm going to say 80 resumes. Mm. I didn't get one bite. Oh. Yeah. It was my age. That was the thing. And that was the thing I think he didn't want to tell me. That I, the jobs now that I was looking for, I'm like, listen, I am a trained writer. I can do technical writing. I can do yeah. creative writing. I can do copywriting. I yeah. can do, so. I have social it, media management It wasn't skills. seen as, like it is now, because right. age in the workplace is very different now than it even was mm-hmm. five, five, six, right. five, six years ago. It wasn't seen as the true benefit and skill that it really was. Yes. And so many people ask me, what's your major in college? And when I would say writing, I honestly would get back, well, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> like, like, have you ever read a book? Yeah. Have you watched a movie? Yeah. Have oh, you read a newspaper? Like, oh, you're not in business. Right. Oh, you're not in, right. you know, right. something yeah. more te- technical. Right. Yeah. So I really struggled when I got out of school and was like, and I mean, I had been writing in school and I'd already, I mean, I had a piece published while I was in school mm-hmm. in another one of the literary journals. Mm-hmm. And then I got the Stark Tinkham Award and had those other two pieces published How in How did that feel the first time you were officially published? Crazy. No, yeah. But it was like gasoline on a fire. Yeah. I was like, this is yeah. cool as hell. Like, yeah. this propels me. Yeah. Into, I mean, I had Elephant Journal picked up one of my mm-hmm. pieces, and I had never heard of Elephant Journal, which is before. wild to me. Yeah, that's it's uh, it's it's great. Yeah. I know that they do blogs right now. Yes. So yeah. yeah, yeah, they picked up one of my pieces, and just the feedback I got from them, and when they told me when I submitted it, like we're gonna publish this, and I was like, you can't be fucking kidding me. I mean, that was a couple years ago. I really it was like the pandemic. Their, it was twenty twenty. Yeah. I really like their just overall like wholesomeness. Okay. Um, yeah, there's yeah. really good. There's some really good stuff there. Yeah, absolutely. So when stuff like that happens, it just fuels me that much yeah. more. But I was really kind of deflated when I got out of school. Oh, I was like, sure. why does anybody want to hire me uh, as a writer? Because yeah. I'm a writer now. Like, I have skills. Go ask Janine. Yeah. <laughs> Janine, don't touch yeah. Janine. Come and tell them that I, I've yeah. been published at yes. this point. I've met all these yes. people. So yeah. I really had a hard time with that man so that was like a slap in the face it was of like a huge the reality of yes creative lanes of work yes. and i was yeah. like did i just waste my time my mm. family's time mm. we struggled for so long yeah. so that i could finish school was was i stupid to do that you know yeah. so then i got a job offer at the hospital that yeah. i went to you know and i was in the marketing department there and I was like, marketing, hmm. But marketing took my healthcare background, my creative skills, and my writing. Yeah. And that was, I loved it there, but my boss was a narcissistic psychopath. Oh, oh love so it. that was great. Um, he ended up getting fired right before the pandemic started. Mm. And uh, I then, after, when the pandemic was, bleh, my doctor took me out of work. I'm diabetic. And yeah. he was like, why in the fuck are you still there? You should oh, be at home. Oh, your donuts, cool. And he, <laughs> no, listen, I'm a bad diabetic, <laughs> whatever. But he's like, you should not be there in that building. He's like, yeah. I'm not even at the hospital. He's at USC. He's like, God, they won't even yeah. let me work in my clinic. Go yeah. home. I'm, so he put me yeah. on medical leave. So I didn't need to worry about. And then September 2020, they eliminated my job. So I didn't have a job to go back to. And yeah. that's why I went back to Pinnacle. Um, yeah. But this whole time, I'm still like, well, but I can write. Like, yeah. I can write. I like writing. Right. I'm, you know, good at it. And I, so I mostly, I mean, goal-wise for myself, um, I'm constantly writing things. 
I've got things in the works that are personal, you know, like I've got a collection of poetry I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Some of my short stories that I've written. Did you read Aunt Evelyn? No. Okay, so I wrote a little piece of like it's. it's, I don't. Was that on your blog? Fiction. It might have been. It's about the little old lady who like is kind of like a serial killer. Mm -mm. Okay. Oh fuck! I want to read that. Okay. So some of my stories I realized, and I realized it, and Janine actually brought my attention to the fact that she realized it too yeah that they could live on the same block in the same time period that would be so fucking cool so that's i'm i'm crafting those and i've got a couple other stories to write and that's going to be a collection that would be short stories so what is um what is that oh my god what is that series there's something there's what the fuck is that series that's like similar to that that they're all somehow connected, but in a different way. Like each new season is a like somehow connect. Damn, American Horror Story. American Horror Story. Yes. See? Dark. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Similar. It's all kind of it revolves around like the house, or you've got the characters. Yes. It, it pays an homage to somebody else. And so me yeah. as a reader, I love little easter eggs like that yeah i have Love it. so in the story with the couple that that um is at the funeral home because their daughter died i actually took there's another story i wrote margaret jamin row 49 Springfield, whatever it's the title of it is like the title of somebody's obituary that's a story i wrote about a sibling group who had lost their mom 10 12 years ago and now dad's dying in their family home mm-hmm. and so the sibling the five siblings are there with dad and it's dad's last day and he passes during the story. Um, but one of the brothers in that story, I have at the funeral home because they're That's their neighbor. Cool. Like he's there yeah. and he's already lost his dad. So like, he is like, whatever you yeah. need, yeah. you know? So yeah. So that's, that's what I'm, my huh. hope in five years is to have that published as a collection of short stories and some other that's stuff. So but like, I'd cool. really like to see your brain on a scan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how does that even? There's a lot in there. Yeah, there's a lot in there. there. Like, how do you, how do you even think of that shit? Yeah, you should write smut. I have. So fuck. None of that's published. Um, can you send it to me? So when I was in college, I will have to look and see if I have that stuff. So when I was in college, look at how much I've perked up. Like, I just want to read all of this because I, as we, I, all listeners know, I'm a reader. I'm not a writer. I am a reader. I gotcha. Without readers, writers don't have it that audience. is true you're welcome so yes, thank you so when i was <laughs> while my, i was in college i was probably like a year from graduating probably mm-hmm. right and i was just always looking for side hustles i sold dildos i sold th- um 31 straight oh, yeah, up yeah, lady yeah. I, did, I actually just went active again with them yeah I because i was like stuff. i need more bags I don't need more packs <laughs> but i you know so Always looking for a little side hustle because I wasn't working full time. And, you know, so, and I mean, doing the pure romance parties, Mm -hmm. I mean, there were, I could bring home my cut 600 bucks in a night. Wow. Sex sells. And my boys were old enough for, I mean, they would come load and unload my car. (laughs) There was actually. Mom, what's this? I'll stop for a brief dildo story because I know Nicole wants one. It's a cock ring. So. (laughs) Put it down. <laughs> they're, they're they're in high school, and they're like, you know, or like tail end of junior high and high school is when I did that. And, you know, they're lugging my stuff in, and I'm very open with my kids. Yeah. Right? Very open. 
Um, I don't want them to be as open with me as I, but, but <laughs> yeah, that's you know, fair. but you know, they're laughing about, you know, this, I'm like, listen, <laughs> how, do you, how do you yeah. think I just bought your wrestling shoes? Yeah. That's how. That's this how, is how, Lou. That's this how is it worked yes. to Jenny down the block. Yes. Yeah. So there was a toy that I had that, well, called Big Blue was, you know. Know exactly what it. you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Right. You've all seen it. Right. Explain. Suction cup, whatever. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Pretty sizable. Right. So that was, you know, <clears throat> in my shit. Right. So. That was an inventory. On Halloween, it's pouring outside. I bought so much candy. And Nick, my middle one, who was like me in a male 24-year-old body, he's like, lady, give me some of that candy. You're not going to get any trick-or-treaters. And I was like, listen here. What's the fucking rule? Go put a fucking costume on and come up here and say trick-or-treat. You can take all the candy you want. So dude comes back upstairs with a cowboy hat on and Big Blue hanging out of his pajama. Oh, (laughs) my God. So then, flash flash forward to Christmas, (laughs) I walk in the living room and, you know, I've got the tree up and whatever. And this is the day that that went from Big Blue to Christmas Dick because they had suctioned it to the wall and put uh, my chihuahua had a Santa hat. So they put the Santa hat on it and put some beads and it was Christmas Dick. And and that thing has circulated through. They put it on each other's desks at home. Oh, dear God. That's hilarious. Yeah. I love this. So about a year before I graduated, I was looking for more side hustles, right? I was I had a hysterectomy and that fizzled out mm. my my dildo game. Not for that reason, but yeah. I couldn't lug I couldn't lug my shit back and forth right. for months and I was like, right. I'm, I'm no, done. Some of that stuff's pretty fucking happy. So I started looking out there. Well, there was a guy that was looking for a writer to write personalized erotica for him. So what he wanted to do was he wanted to find a writer, he wanted to tell you scenario. Like yeah. This mm-hmm. is what and then have you write it and send it to him. Hmm. It's not going anywhere else. You know, you have no rights to it. He's going to pay me for it. So yeah. I did that a couple of times for him. How much? But that was, I, God, Total. I don't remember. I really don't remember. But I think I probably wrote three different pieces for him. Huh. I want to say he gave me like 80 or 100 bucks a piece. What's, what, what's the basic storyline? It changed. Yeah. Sometimes he was like, I want it, like, it's me in a, in a you know, a redheaded hooker, or okay. I'm in the grocery store and the bag boy's batting his eyes at me. I don't know. Like, but it was, huh. he Variety. would give me, like, scenarios, and I was like, well, of course I can write Variety is right. the spice of life. Yeah, I'm like, let's go. So, oh my god, you're just, you're incredible. I would love to see your life on, on screen. Yes. Like just. But she's doing the memoir. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. And we want to promote you in any way that we possibly Absolutely. can. Anytime you want to send us something to link or read. Yeah. I Nicole has all of the yeah. book reviews and stuff. On air. Yeah. You know, we can 100% we can do, like, read do excerpts that. of oh, it. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Thank there you. Was, I don't know if you, um, I, I think I've sent you TikToks before. Yeah. We, yes. <laughs> I've sent her workaholics TikToks before. Oh, yes. Um, there, um, there recently was one, I don't know if either of you saw it, was that older man that his daughter took a video of him probably oh, in his book. early yes, sto- I know exactly what you're I bought about. it you, did you I, I bought it to. and I'm very excited to read it but I think that that's in a good place social media wise where we are right now mm-hmm. because all the struggles that you've had in terms of writing you know Moby Dick telling you that it was stupid for you we, we don't stand Jason in this house um it, 
that isn't the reality now. Right. People are going for their passions at an older, not just at a younger age now, but the younger generation is influencing the older, older generation, generation to, to go back and to live think. their life. Yeah. yeah. Because the, we, like we started this episode, you know, you're not told that writing is is a true yes. career, yeah. you know. Oh, it's a hobby. Yeah, it's it's a personal passion that you can have, and you you sit at a desk at night in the secret, and you just right. type away, right? Like, and then you throw all your stuff on a flash drive or in a drawer somewhere, and somebody finds it fifty years later, and, and they're like, "Oh wow, oh, wow, this was amazing!" Right? But I also want to kind of pivot a little bit since we are doing this as part of our um, Women's History Month, Women in mm-hmm. Business. What does it feel like to be a female writer, a female published writer? Um, That's a very specific question because I know some passions and professions are, you know, in terms of gender, a lot more different than other ones. How does it feel or what is it like to be a published writer as a woman? So I definitely feel like the writing community 100% 100% does not um, pour favor into yeah. male written things. Yeah. I really don't. I feel yeah. like the writing community, it, whether we're talking small scale yeah. or on a larger scale, I feel like it's a very accepting place to be for a female. Yeah. And I feel like it just, I mean, like you're talking about with, you know, this, the younger generation is helping, Mm -hmm. you know, my age and older to really realize, you know, their things. And and there's so many topics that are so easily talked about now that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we're not. I feel like that only helps women to not just feel comfortable writing, Mm -hmm. but to feel comfortable writing what they want to say and to have an opinion and to have a strong standpoint on something and not be afraid to share it. Right. Right. I really do. It's, it's really, I mean, I'm glad that I have a talent in writing. I'm glad that it's something I enjoy. It may or may not ever be a career Mm -hmm. for me where I can, where I can say, you know, well, that's what I do for a living. Although right. I do write. I write at work. You know, I definitely use my writing skills there. Um, but I, when I was at that first writing conference, the one yeah. that sparked my, you know, my interest in changing my um, path in college, I really had this question, like, well, how do you know when you're a writer? Right. Like, you know when you're a doctor because somebody tells you. Yeah. Right? You get you, a title. Yes. Yeah. You get a coat. You get a, you know, now you somebody can call you doctor. Nurse is the same thing. Yeah. Pilot. You have to have a license to yeah. do so many things. How do you know when you're a writer? Well, you know when you're a writer when you say, I'm a writer. I'm a writer. I declare it. That's so part that's, of who you are. It's part of who you are, and it, and it gives you that power. It gives yeah. you the power yeah. to say... I'm a writer and I'm, you know, I've had, even since I've graduated and, you know, I have a degree and, you know, I've had a couple of people throughout my life the last four or five years that have gotten in conversations with me about writing. And these are all females that have said, well, I know you want to be a writer. I'm like, well, no, but I am. I am a writer. I am. And you, and it's, and it's important that you correct people. Yeah. And, and it's really important that you put your, Mm -hmm. you put your story out there. And sometimes it's helpful for you 
to do it out loud with your own name. Sometimes it's helpful for you. Writing was very cathartic for me. Yeah. It helped me get through a lot of trauma I've had in my life. It really is what started my love of writing. Yeah. Getting things down on paper. There is an Anna Nalek song that if I get it all down on paper, it's no longer inside of me, threatening Mm -hmm. the life Mm -hmm. it belongs to, which is really Well, they say journaling is huge. Yes. I'm not a writer. I'm not a journaler. I've always struggled with that. But I give people so much credit who are able to do that. My best friend, uh, she has been writing a book since high school and it has helped her tremendous it's in secret nobody Mm -hmm. she's never i've never seen an excerpt from it i've never but she when she's going through some of her darkest times yeah is when she really really focuses on that book that she's been writing yeah because that's for people who can do that yeah. and and crave that, I mean, the notes app in my phone. Oh my gosh. Is oh, I can believe it. Full yeah. of pieces, full yeah. of pieces. Some of them will never matriculate into anything else. A lot of them, I just that's where I keep it until I'm ready to. You know, I need it. I need to get it down because yeah. I will have something pop in my head and I'm like, shit. Yeah, I gotta write it down right now. But. Um, sometimes it's better for you to get everything out, even yeah. if you don't show it to anybody. Even if it doesn't go anywhere, right. you get it out for right. yourself. Sometimes it's better for you to put it all out there and do it under a pseudonym or yeah. make it fictionalized. Yeah. Or, you know, But it's just, I feel like as a female and as a writer, it's um, it's something that, it's a skill that I will always have until mm-hmm. I've lost my mm-hmm. mind completely, which maybe next week, I'm not sure. <laughs> But or right it's, now. it's <laughs> something that that is it empowers me knowing yeah. that when I eventually hit retirement age, yeah, and I retire from a career that I have right. that that I still have a skill. Yeah, I can. Cont- I'll probably never stop writing. But you also writing in this creative nature of people is so valuable because it creates a legacy Mm -hmm. and your writing is a legacy to not only your family but generations of people to come because people are still finding random hieroglyphics on walls from 2000 years ago it's the same thing it's the same thing i would i would like you're buying this house you know what would be so fucking cool is for you to like um do little short stories and like put them in vents for people to find 50 years from now. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because I have a dining room set. Yeah. That when Black was published, I also had another story published in that same journal. It's mm-hmm. the same time. It's called Light Oak. And it is basically an ode to my dining room set. Cute. And it is. It I is. I love that. Yeah. And, and I, we still have it. It's yeah. the first piece of furniture my husband and I bought, ever mm-hmm. bought together. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of, good times there were some not good times around it but i've often thought well do i have to now keep this thing because what if i want something new and i thought i might if we ever give it away i might like tape the story up under the table or something yeah put a like a little thing in there exactly because i feel like you know it's got a little legacy of its own right yeah right Mm -hmm. and that's part of your story yeah and that's what it sounds like a lot of your writing is it's very Trust me, not that writers, a a little bit of piece of them is not in everything that they do, Mm -hmm. of course. But, like, 
you know, Stephen King. Is every, like, personal detail, is everything that he writes definitely a part of it? Probably not, because he was on drugs for a lot of the stuff that he wrote. So, your stuff is very personal. It's very reflective, it seems like. And I and I think that that would be an awesome thing to do. Just as little things in your life, just to, like... Because you, you never know who you're going to inspire. That's very true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I go back to Janine Harrison, my yeah. my professor. I mean, she yeah. just her work. I mean, that's straight up the reason that I changed yeah. gears in college. Yeah. And so, she um, knows that. Who is some of your favorite authors? Stephen King. Well, I love Stephen King. I've been a Stephen King fan. Love Stephen King. People love Stephen King for a reason. Yes. I he is not only obviously an incredible writer. Yeah. I mean that goes without saying, right? He's such a fucked up guy. He's He's, so fucking cool. You should do acid and write. Right. Or read. Do acid and read. <sighs> not Stephen King. Not fucking do it. Throw myself off. So here's Dark Tower. Here's the thing that I always ponder about Stephen King. How do you have Stephen King and his mind and how it yeah. works? At what point in the road when it forks and it's I'm going to be a horror writer or I'm going to be a serial killer. Like, because you know, yeah. that brain of his, like, yeah, he, I think it's choice. How does he do right? the Gunslinger series, the Dark Tower series over like 30 years, but then do something like um, the Institute that he just did or it, it's, it's so, or the um mr mercedes series or um I, I think that's what it's called um i i have recently gotten into stephen king over the past probably five years or so and i have never felt so unsure <laughs> of any book that i've ever picked up from an author but you have no what you genuinely think you yes. do but you don't yeah yes there are so many authors who People love them as authors because they know the story that they're going to tell. That's right. why a lot of people love romance and love smut. Danielle Steele, Jackie oh, Collins. Oh, my God. You know you're going to have to, Nora like, Roberts. have some alone time after yes. you read that book. Yes. Right? Yeah. Or you're, you know, it's completely just <clears throat> derailing a reality yeah. of, you know, There's love and all that. There's a theme throughout. But picking up Stephen King the way that I have a little bit later on has been like very world changing for me as a reader. Mm -hmm. And so even I'm on book four or five of the Gunslinger Dark Tower series. And because he wrote that over like 30 years, like he put it down a bunch of times. Like I've learned so much about this, this fucking series. But that series is just so... I can't speak about that series enough. They say it's one of the best fantasy series that's ever been written. But it's just so fucking out there. But it's so fucking good that it's like, I have no clue what the fuck I'm reading, but I cannot stop. Yeah. And I think that that is the most visionary thing that somebody can expect from a good writer is being like, I can't stop thinking about this. Absolutely. And you get stuck in that world a little bit. Yes. When you stop mm -hmm. reading it, yes. you're like, I wonder what they're doing now. Like, even if the story's yes. over. No, no, no. Like, I no. wonder what happened yeah. next. Even though nothing happened next, the story's over. So there's yeah. there's actually a series, because I used to be huge into Smod. I used to be huge into Love Series. 
and I really got away from it because it just kind of fucked up my brain for a little bit in terms of love and relationships. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this on the pod before, but there's a series by J.R. Ward. It's called the Black Dagger Brotherhood series. And I started reading it at a very young age. And she probably has, she's still writing books based off of the original series. Probably 20 books just in the actual, like nothing branching off. And I started reading it at such a young age. And it's so odd that even to this day, probably 18 years later, I started reading it. How old am I? I'll be 31 this year. I probably started reading it when I was like 12 or 13. That in my head, I I have moments of being convinced that that world is so real, that those vampires are real. And because I was so sucked into that story. And there's just, there's no other comparable feeling than being a reader of a writer like that. Mm-hmm. Did you read Judy Bloom as a kid? I, I did read Judy Did you Bloom. read Tiger Eyes? So I have a copy. Okay. I will I will loan it to you so you can read it. Because mm-hmm. it's a short read. Yeah. You're an avid reader. It's a short, I mean, it's, you know, it's a short read. But that is hands down my favorite Judy Bloom mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Because I read a lot of Judy Bloom as a kid. Yeah. I mean, it's are you there or not? It's me, Margaret. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's been taught years me everything I need to know They're about starting and periods. Now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But Tiger Eyes was like the first smut I ever read. Okay. It is about a, you know, it's a girl, a young, I forget how old she is, but it's that coming of age. Yeah. You I know, love coming soul. of age. And yeah, that, yeah. it was really just like that book changed the way I sought out things yeah. to read when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, I need more like ad- ad- adult tones in my reading. And yeah. I got I got on Stephen King at one age. I read I I was either gonna turn to romance or I was gonna turn to Stephen King. Mm-hmm. I turned to romance. Yeah. I think Christine was the first Stephen King book I yeah. ever read. Yeah. And that just Yeah. I was like hooked i was hooked so i have a very controversial question for you more controversial than the last one and 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 you might not understand this because now i'm getting into like readership yeah i'm just here i'm just what are your i know look we're like 15 minutes what are your thoughts on colleen hoover i don't know who colleen hoover is oh fuck you don't know coho you don't know coho no you don't know verity no oh god it's okay very uh she her that's yeah. That's the whole that whole what I just did is the whole perception of Colleen Hoover. Okay, no, keep you, you you either he, love her or you absolutely hate she's her. She's a writer, I'm assuming. She is I a writer. Her here. She is a writer and people love her. And I'm not saying that she she puts out books like people fucking pop skittles. That's true. Okay. And people are obsessed with her. And I understand why. But there's a I am not reader shaming at all because I don't believe in that. But this is where this is where I stopped. Yeah. But um, I think sometimes. Yeah, maybe you should explain this as a non-reader. I actually stopped reading this. Um, some of her stuff is very triggering. Okay. Um, and there's not any. The only the only trigger warning that you get is from other readers about it. Of like, hey. This might bring up some stuff. Yeah. Um, I stopped reading this partly because of that. Well, they're, they're also um, usually pretty qu- quick reads. Yeah. But they follow a lot of similar um, agendas. Yeah. Uh, and um, 
the reason why I got this is because I was like, wow, I could use a really good cry. And that was like... The, <laughs> Call me anytime. <laughs> yeah. And that was like the the um, advertising, basically. Like, yeah. Everybody on TikTok was like, oh my God, if you've ever been through anything, like relationship-wise and... Um, you know, you've you've dealt with toxic relationships or, you know, you're in that healing space, read this. Yeah. And it was just it was too much for me. Yeah. Um, so I did I did yeah. stop it, but uh yeah. There's just a general controversy read over that. Not controversy, but very um differing opinions about Coho because it the speed she puts out books <sighs> she's definitely like the next or the current um i don't know like jude Devereaux or you know nora roberts okay. or um and i think that that's something that people prior to social media would have thought but now there's a platform to complain about writers right. like this is she a newer writer uh, maybe in the last four years four five years because i will tell you probably very she, she probably just I think she's written for years, but she has just like okay. whoosh. She's yeah. come up. Yeah. I will tell you that is very telling of the times because, you know, 20 plus years ago, you would have a lot more insinuation of things You because there were things that people just didn't go around talking about out loud. Yeah. It, not just things like, you know, periods and, you know, I, right. but I mean, right. in general, right. it was that you don't have out loud conversations about yeah. very sensitive subjects and yeah. go and you go to, have you seen Spinal Tap? It's my husband's favorite movie. Um, I, I know it. There's in there. I know it, but it's This been... amp goes to 11. It's the haha one to 10, but like this goes to 11. So like, that's the big funny in our house that like, I'm going to 11 right now. Okay. Like I'm yeah. over the, you know, and that's how I, that's what social media has done to yeah. this yeah. world is yeah. that the shock value is more important to some creators than anything else. Yeah, true. And it's, I'm going to put this out there, Walking Dead fans, anybody? Oh, hundo. No, hundo. I, I, I know what it is, yeah. We about, we're just now picking it back up. I just did the same finish thing it within like the past six months. After yes. Glenn. Yes. After Glenn. Because that, we, my husband and I both Ruined people. That was not only awful, I nobody needed to see no, that. That no. was way too much. Yes, and and it, it things have lost their like their not their mystery, but the the unsaid. You know, yes. you've, there's a phrase in writing: show don't tell. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you all the horrifying things. I'm yeah. not going to tell you my trauma in great detail. I'm going to tell a story, and you're going to feel it. Yeah, yeah. you're going to feel it, and you're going to know, and you're yeah. going to wonder. But that it sounds like writers like her yes, probably yes. go for I want to shock people. I yeah. want to I want to hit the TikTok generation because oh I God. want to go yes. above and beyond and I wanna yes. I mean, you know, God, there's so much that like people I mean, overshare that is the understatement of the year. Yeah. Because there are so many things I had, I took TikTok off my phone. I do appreciate when you send me the the guys because I love workaholics. We love workaholics. I feel like yes. But yeah. That was me, you and Rachel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Me and Rachel. Shout out to Rachel. Today's oh, her birthday. Shout out to fucking yes. Rachel. Oh my god, today's her birthday. Yes. I have to text her. Yes. <gasps> so today is Erica McCauley's birthday too. Shout out to Erica. That's shout right, out. they share a birthday. I'll have to text Erica too. She's a hoot, by the love way. Love Erica. Um 
Hopefully so, she'll be on eventually. Marketing, PR. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got some she'd, fucking she'd stories. <laughs> she's, she's fantastic. We cuss a lot together. Yeah. <laughs> um, I but, openly say cut around her. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Right. So, well, there's reason to sometimes when yeah. you're at work. So, um, but yeah, that's, I think that is very telling of this, this, yeah. gen- you know, and my generation of people, we are appalled by all the, imp- like, I'm plugging my ears because you can't see me, but like, mm-hmm. all of, like, I, there's too much. I have used to be such a, not people person, but I wanted to be in crowds. I wanted to have yeah. 400 right. friends. I wanted to go Ugh. here and go there. Which we've I, talked about that. Yeah, we've we've talked a lot about that. I hit my people quotient really early in the week, yeah. which is why yeah. it's it's better for me to work from home yeah. a lot because right. it's just so much, and I'm yeah. like, I just can't. I, and I am I am we're an having empath, a combo last yeah. night. Yeah. We're we're like mad. We're we're fucking tapped for this week. Yes. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that's the thing when you get an author like this, which I have read some of hers. They're very quick reads. But that is the issue, is that you are throwing these bombs at people. And that's where authors like Stephen King, I mean, you even take like an Agatha Christie if we're getting dark, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you take any kind of like real good horror writing, mm-hmm. it's told in a way that it's not triggering, you're in the story. Right. But yes. you take an author like Colleen Hoover, and I, I'm i not a coho hater. I'm, I'm a Colleen Hoover cautionary okay. tale. And she's dropping these bombs in these stories, but there's no real rounding to the story right. as a whole. She's doing it to sell books. Yeah. Yeah. And she's mm-hmm. fucking successful. Right. If you walk into Barnes and Noble right now, her table is probably the size of Kayla's bed. Yeah, she does it to sell books, and she can because yeah, that's our world right now. Is people want just inundated with every, trauma. Give me all of the, yeah. the gross details. Yeah. Yes. I want to know everything. I want yeah. you to tell me every specific detail about every single thing that happened. I mean, you've got all the. I I dig true crime stuff. Yeah, yeah. I am not like hard into it, but I dig no, true yeah. crime stuff. But Are you a Bailey Sarian fan? I don't know. That oh, oh you're going to send it to you. you I'm going to send it to you right yes. now. So, um, but now yes. and then you'll get some kind of, okay, we're going to tell you about what happened to this person. Yeah. Here's the thing. Just say they were raped. Yeah. I don't need you to tell me every single minute detail yes. about what happened during that right. because at the end of the day, I still know the same amount of information. Right. But I don't need you to get graphic, but that's what... A so, this society craves because we're so desensitized. Yeah. Yes, you know yeah. we're literally. I mean, I this episode is airing in March, but you know, look at everything that's been happening in just the last seven days. How many UFOs have we had? How many last trains Monday? have been Dude, derailed? So How many like I'm like now the I'm chemical spills? Yeah. you know, just take me now. Chemical out in the air. Like yeah. it's just it, and everybody's just like. Okay, and do I still have to go to work or not? Like, that's yeah. like... Right. I'm like, are we going to take another two weeks off? Right. That turn into two years? The, correct. Please. Because right. that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it, we're just so desensitized. Yeah. Nothing it's matters. True. So those big punches straight yeah. to the throat is all yeah. that's yeah. going to... Which, those yeah. things, and, I, and, and this is, you know, we're kind of getting a little bit off topic, and we are going to round it out here soon, but... 
those things, maybe not, but <laughs> I'll be the longest podcast. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, well, our, our our last one, Erica, she was, I mean, we didn't record for five hours, but she, but was, she here, was here for well, five careful hours. Careful telling me that, because, um, you know, I'm a bit of an overachiever. So. <laughs> um, this stuff... I hate when people say, oh, the times now are so different. No, they're fucking not. There is just a platform to share all of this. Yes. The you times I mean? are different. The way that you're receiving information is different. Yes. And the And the rate yes. that you're receiving that information yes. is different. Yeah. Shitty stuff was happening 50 years ago. You just didn't fucking know about it. The human... The human condition. I gotta have a donut. Sorry, do it. We're gonna get into to absorb it's as so much information as what we're given on a daily basis. You know, we we're never supposed to know. No. Yes, what people from a thousand miles away was right. doing and what their life real looks time. like. Real time. When I right. was real in, time. when I was in school, and I'm talking through high school, mm-hmm. um, but let's say seventh eighth grade, right? So I was in like the upper level English class, right? Mm-hmm. So we wrote papers early and we had more of a, you know. Um, so if I was going to write a paper on a topic and I was, or I was like, wow, I don't know what that thing is. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what I had to do? I tried my happy ass to the fucking library. Yeah. Because that's how I they found it. So I had to go. And when I opened the encyclopedia or the research book or mm-hmm. whatever, when I opened it, there weren't 20 ads for mm-hmm. Viagra in it. <laughs> There, there weren't four other things like about, oh, you asked about, you know, mm-hmm. um, about being, you know, gay. I'm going to show you gay porn. Right. Like, I mean, it wasn't, it, you just went and you sought out your info and you, you know, you got it and you weren't barraged with mm-hmm. a ton of other information that you did not need to know. Right. And it's so amazing now. I mean, we, my husband and I still marvel at, I mean, granted, I am techie. Right. I I am definitely techie. I've been techie as I've grown up. Right. And, you know, but we still are like in awe sometimes where I'm like, you know, is is John Wayne? What what year did he die? <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, well, hold on, I'm going to look. Yeah. And we're mm-hmm. like, is that fucking amazing? Wild. We're, we're in that, that. But that's Gen X. Mm-hmm. That is Gen X. We are techie because we had technology as when we were in young and Mm -hmm. schools were getting it um but we also are still in awe of the technology and we aren't on board with information overload and we really are like what in the actual hell you know i mean we i was in eighth grade in my science class and we i live watched the challenger explode oh my gosh let me tell you Nowadays, big shit happens. Like you said, there's train derailment and all these other things. Yeah. Uh, the school shootings that mm-hmm. are like yeah. three days a week, you know, sometimes more. Yeah. And we're like, oh, there was another school shooting. I yeah. mean, that incident. I'm watching bombings in Turkey. Yeah. Right. On my phone, on right. TikTok. Real right. time. Real time. Live. Real time. Yeah. Right. right. Watching the Challenger explode live. I mean, it was in my eighth grade science class because it was like uh, an event. The challenger's yeah. taken off. There's a teacher yeah. on board. Yeah. There's, you know, it was a thing. And when that happened, we were all like, yeah. what the fuck? And yeah. because it was a thing. Now, I'm not saying people would be less, like, bothered by it. But I will tell you, most people would be less bothered by it. Yeah. Because they'd be like, yeah. I yeah, mean, we were, I was in uh, first, first grade when 9-11 happened. And we were mm-hmm. watching... 
watching that mm-hmm. in real time yeah. as as a first grader. Yeah. yeah. Not understanding what was going on, but like like it was a whole it was a whole fucking yeah. thing. And you know and why I bet you were watching that? Was it in school that they had it? It was in school. I will tell you what. First grade as it was happening. So I was it was in fourth grade. I was twenty what the, I don't know, 2001. 2001. I was twenty nine. It was a month before I turned thirty. We had just bought our first house that we owned. My boys were um Eight, two, and one. And I will tell you from an adult standpoint, like going through that as an adult, I had it on in my house. I didn't want to scare my kids, but I knew when that happened. I mean, I watched it happen live. I was watching the news when it happened. And I didn't turn my TV off for three days. Yeah. But as an adult and as a caretaker of children, I knew how important it was that and that's, I think that's probably why they had it yeah. playing in your classroom because that was an event that, as adults watching it, we knew this is going to change the world. Yeah. It may change the world immediately, you know. And and yeah. it was a really, it was a you know kind of a sentinel event. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was something that. And I, you know, I as a younger, mid millennial, um, I truly, and, and this is why I enjoy having these conversations with somebody who is older than us, Kayla is you know people talk about the millennials being just a different generation i truly believe that that was the the turning point for millennials of witnessing yeah firsthand yeah what shifted the world because it because that was real time right that was the first major of coming into the technology era and it completely shifted the mindset of the generations to follow 100 percent absolutely it's that i think was a major and i'm going to be honest to a certain extent i think that was a major stunt yeah to millennials yeah so millennials I have many things to say. I actually started a blog that I eventually took down about millennials. Because I was in college with millennials. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, y'all or something. But <laughs> well, we think that about Gen Z. Millennials think that, that about Gen Z now. Right. I wish I was as Gen Z. But I... God, not me. I do. We, my generation, Gen X, now, mm-hmm. we know how millennials got to be what they are. Because we made you. Yeah. yeah. We made you. I mean, my... I love my, you had a blog about that. <laughs> my, my upbringing. I'm just glad you have a. It was awareness. called. Dear, it was called Dear Millennials. <laughs> if I can find it, I'll send you what I wrote on it. But I. I don't know if I want to read it. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But so I had a much different childhood yeah. right. than you did because a the world's different, b yeah. everybody's different. But you know, if you look at Gen X and how we were raised and how we kind yeah. of raised ourselves and. We had a lot going on. I mean, shit, I had MTV. The world was not that bad. I watched yeah. MTV the day it yeah. went on the air. Well, you also right? had MTV when it was music. Yes. We had we, MTV we, yes. when oh. it Cribs. was the Cribs, the real world. Yes. Um, don't, don't get me started. And on. when it was music, it was, you know, yeah. uh, twerking rap. Yeah. And then right. we were sat in front of a TV on 9-11 and we watched the world completely mm-hmm. crumble. Right. And then it never stopped from After there that, for yeah. millennials. And I guarantee the parents out there at that point, however they had been parenting, yeah. that completely changed that day. 
because I yeah. will tell you, I mean, again, my boys were eight, three and two, or yeah. eight, two and one. They were almost three and two, the, the younger squirts. But I already had a death grip on my kids yeah. because my oldest was, he had just turned eight, or he was about to turn eight on 9-11. His birthday's September 19th. Mm-hmm. He's about to turn eight. But May of that year, yeah. he was hit by a car. Oh. And he was airlifted to University of Chicago. Oh, and it was fuck. a whole. So I already had a death grip on these children. Yeah. 9-11, I was not paranoid, yeah. but petrified about my kids. And as they grew those next yeah. few years, until things, till we started to get a little calmed down about 9-11, I was petrified yeah. about them being somewhere without me, even school. Yeah. Because yeah. What, ha- what happens if something... I mean, I had plans. Yeah. What happens if they're at school and something breaks bad? Yeah. How quickly can I get to them? How easy is it going to be? Yeah. Do I have... You know, and I mean, that's... It put parents at that point in that kind of mode that yeah. we were like... I'm not going to say they parented more or less. I'm not going to say it was better or worse. But it shifted... But it was different. It shifted the agenda. You were in crisis mode. Yeah. And Non-stop. you were... Yes. Yes. And guess what? Since 2001, I truly believe that we have, because of technology also, I truly don't think that we have ever left crisis mode. No, that is true. Um, because then Never. 2008 happened, they just keep and happening. now COVID has happened. Yes. But I also think that, you know, turning it back to writing is that that's why, because Gen Z readers, that's who's reading Colleen Hoover. And not that older people are not. That's not what I'm saying. Right. It's Gen Z that's and her, young that's her target millennials. Yeah. yeah. Because they have no issue with trauma right. and then moving on. Right. 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 Me, I'm like, I don't really want to fucking read that. Yeah. Because there is no well-rounded story here for me to close this book and feel complete as a reader. Yeah. I can appreciate that. Yeah. I stay away from stuff like that. Yeah. This is why I love Stephen King or Ugh. that genre. Man. Because. Motherfucker writes a good ass for. Oh, my yes. God. And But here's the thing. Many of them are just so far-fetched. Not a ton. Yeah. But just so far-fetched that you're like, well, that wouldn't actually happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? It. I mean, color clown. Whatever. You know what? I mean, you can can appreciate the story and everything they go through and everything. Right. But you, it's still... Totally. It still remains in that fantasy area in your brain because you're like, well, that would never happen. Right. Yeah. You know? And some of this stuff You can dismiss it. It, you know, right. yeah. am I going to get a car that's possessed? Am I going to, you know, I mean, Christine, right. you know, I mean, there's so many, like, that I think that's part of the reason I love him, because it stays fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Or you take somebody like Agatha Christie, who mm-hmm. her mysteries have just stayed relevant for decades yeah. and decades and decades because of the mystery that she tells. Or you take, like, I don't know mm-hmm. if you know Donna Tartt, mm-hmm. who writes such good, dark academia, but it's so detailed. I think a lot of people try to be Stephen King. It's just fucking overkill. Of course. Yeah. He's the, he's the you know, he's the yeah. king. He actually moved, and his house in Bangor, Maine... He is currently turning into a writer's retreat that cool. he will at yeah. some point have 
writers. Does he like, give LSD to everybody? I was just about to say up. that. Yeah. I will let you know after I get back. Yeah. Because <laughs> I am like, I am waiting. And as soon as they start opening that shit up, because I am I will go with you. I'm not going to go to the, go to the writer's retreat. <laughs> I'm going to go with you. You just want to go fangirl over. I want to go. F- I don't know that he'll be there, but he may. Wasn't it his son? I don't know if you saw the movie Black Phone. I think that Black Phone was a short story by his son. Oh, that could be. I think so. That could be. Very dark, very, you know, but also something about Stephen King, too, is that the endings of his books are very fulfilling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You feel satisfied after yeah. you read it. This, you really do. And yeah. that's that's a huge thing. Yeah. But, yeah. okay, we've been going for two and a half hours. <laughs> I have to spend time with my husband today. <laughs> fine, fine. I know, I know. I, we, we should have started at 10. We should have started at 10. But, no, this has been... I'm so I'm so glad that we did this. Yeah, me this too. Has been good. This is a great episode. Yeah, a um, lot of good information. Um, yeah, Kayla and I usually do this thing where we're like, we're so excited to be doing what we're doing. It's like anything that you really love, you're like. Are we really doing this? Like we kind of get down, and then we do something like this, and it's like very this is why fulfilling. Yeah, yeah, very like fulfilling. right now we're on a break. Um, and because we have this huge series coming right. up okay. and, um, it's just, it's, you're absolutely right. It's just a good reminder yeah. when we have these really good conversations. Yeah. So. Because Kayla and I are very open about being, um, not easily depleted individuals, but we put our, we put a hard work into it. We, yeah. we take it very seriously. Yeah. So, and when, that, and when we feel drained, we feel very drained. Right. But and this self care is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, but this was this is probably the most fun that I've had. Because because it turns very much into something that I am uber passionate about. You're geeking out. I'm I'm geeking out totally. I'm geeking out totally. Mm -hmm. Um because I didn't I stopped reading for many years. And so I can kind of connect to your thing of like finally fulfilling your passion and you just want to go you know what i mean i just want to read as many books as i can just as much as you want to write as much as you can um any any parting words for aspiring female writers i think my biggest piece of advice is write even if you don't think you're any good at it if you love writing but you don't think you're great at it nobody cares and you don't have to write for other people you should write for yourself i have two nieces they are 15 and 12 and my 12 year old niece is an aspiring writer yeah and she blows me away with her writing already um she's actually at a like like a creative arts junior yeah. high oh, cool. because of her writing they yeah. they brought her into that um and she and i chat about writing and she you know i get her i actually got her a mug that says go away i'm writing and she yeah. told me i get her yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's the thing i mean it's you can do it for so many reasons but you have to make doing it for yourself the priority and don't micromanage your writing i i always call my writing word vomit when i first started Mm -hmm. just get it out you don't have to edit as you're going you don't have to worry about you know you can go through and edit as much as you want and i take a lot of joy in the editing process itself so i would say that's my biggest piece of advice just write just just do it and worry about firming it up later and you might find things that you want to trash but you know get it down just write yeah i like that um, we are going to connect 
um, your blog. We'll connect your socials. Um, if that's okay, perfect. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal some of those '80s picks yeah. for sure. <laughs> She's gonna put yeah. them up in our house, to be honest. Yeah, She's a redhead. Gonna, I would like to throw um, a quick shameless plug in totally. for the Green Door Bookstore in Hobart. Okay, okay. have you been there? No. Mm-hmm. Oh. Nicole, listen, listen we're I, taking a group trip at some point. It's I like only go out to Lake County to go to work. <laughs> okay, so Green Door Bookstore, it is right um, in the downtown area of Hobart. Yeah. It's a used bookstore. Yeah. They have some new books, but it's mostly used books. Yeah. They are not only an amazing small business. Where Where are they at? It's right on the main, it's main, main street, I guess. Yeah. It's, do you know where the art theater is? Yeah. It's like across the street from it. Okay. So okay. they are very supportive of local artists. Mm-hmm. Um, Janine actually just had a book signing there maybe six months ago. Really? I put together a chapbook, which is, is something... Kind of, do you know what a zine is? No. It's like a self-publish. It doesn't have an ISBN. I did it. I wrote it. I created it. I printed it. Oh, okay. cool. They were kind enough to carry those in there for a little while. Wow. Um, but And they're super supportive of, you yeah. know, like I said, the local oh, artists. Oh, we're community-based. Oh, absolutely. Sure. And they are... What's it um, called? Green Door? Green Door Bookstore. And they are struggling, okay. trying to stay open right now. Oh, and bitch, don't tell me that. They, I'm gonna have, go. they have bag sales where you can come in and for eight bucks you fill a bag up with books. I mean, their oh, books wow. are all a dollar. Their used books are all a yeah. dollar. And then the, they've got the uh, the new ones priced at a different price point. Yeah. And I would love to shout out. They've been so, you know, Absolutely. they were so supportive of me. And other local artists that I really yeah. just want everybody to, you know, I mean, if you want to go get books had to green door and okay absolutely and, they've know, got it's, little it's events great. and everything yeah they have other they have um paint nights they've got just the art club absolutely That's yeah awesome. we, people we plug local all the time yeah trying absolutely. to see if maybe they're open tomorrow i believe they are they're, they're closed a couple days during the week because i think they're open saturdays and sundays yeah i want to say 12 to 5 or something okay but they just opened a sip coffee shop down the street they did yes which so, would probably help them sip has a drink that if you buy that drink, I forget what it's called, probably the green drink or something, uh-huh. but they're giving all the proceeds of that drink to Green Door. <gasps> oh, I love that. Oh, yeah, to help keep Man, it open. Sip is so, really Yeah, that downtown awesome. area in Hobart's really cute. Awesome. I mean, there's so much. My kids' band has played there and, you know, yeah. other assorted things that are theater. And, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a, a dream of mine because there is a very small-owned bookstore in Chesterton can't remember what his name is, but he does more an- antique style. Super popular. But Val- downtown Valpo doesn't have anything mm. like that. So it's Girl, de- I will be your business partner. It's definitely <laughs> I like, have a book problem. I have more books than I will ever be able to read in my lifetime. Well, let me come over to your house. Okay. I'll read them for you. I'll, maybe I'll have some out at my estate sale that I'm going to have. You better not. call Ooh. us. You better call us. <laughs> I for sure will. Um, but I'm actually going to follow them on... I just um, followed them on Facebook. Oh, perfect. Uh, Green Door... I don't know if they've got a Instagram or not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to follow them right now. We'll start, you know. Yeah. Great um, people. Cool little space. Well, this has been awesome. Um, I just love this so much. Yeah. This was this was great. I, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate um, you guys asking me. <laughs> Duh. Duh. The first time I met you, I knew that I wanted to know more about you. Um, <laughs> you ever, told me that. Do you ever meet people like that where you're like, I, I just want to know about you? Pick your brain. Yes. And that's a huge reason why. You're you're a collector, though, of, of people's stories. So that <laughs> I makes love, more sense for well, you. Well, I, I said that. The first episode we had, I said I love hearing people's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much. Um, any writing that you ever want us to post, plug, 
um, just let us know. I love it. Because um, that's what we're all about here. And we are about adult passion projects. Yeah, absolutely. That's me. Yes. <laughs> Any final words, Jen Stockton? <laughs> just thank you again for having me. It really kind of incites my inner writer. And She's going to write about uh, us. Please. I, I might just do that. <laughs> I might just do that. Please. Yeah, but it's everything I do, I do for the young stories. Yeah. To be, so I want to yeah. be immortalized. She's freaking out. 1000%. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's absolutely doable. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Well, thank you so much. It's another awesome, literally no clue. And that's it. Thanks for joining us guys. Love you, bud. Love you, bud. Bye. Bye.